welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. <laughs> yeah, we'll just go. We'll just go. And we're too. And we're back. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Serial Sensei. We're on episode 100, 100, 100. Not, not 103 times, but I'm just emphasizing we're on episode 100. Um, you have to specify that? I did. I have to. It's a good, it's a glorious, glorious time, despite what this weather's telling me outside. But as you guys can hear, I'm joined by familiar faces, roommates, guests, co-hosts, all that good stuff. Anti Cool is here. Joey's here. Stokes is here in spirit, but he's, <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he's somewhere, but he's not here. But he's not here, but he's here. But, um. Shout out to him if he's listening. Um, how, how's everybody doing? Um, doing pretty good. Pretty good. I'm here on a Sunday. What does that tell you? You're good, too. <laughs> I'm going to speak. <laughs> I'm fine. We're all fine. We're all happy. Yeah. We're, we're as happy, I guess, as you can be on a Sunday morning at was it, 9.50 a.m. 9.50 a.m. Um... Do I want to run? I'll run through the top listeners today. We'll, uh, we'll we'll do that. I don't think I've done. I don't think we've done that since I've been here for a while. So let's uh let's do that. Wait, right. I, just, I just remember something. Jesus Christ! Thanks, thanks for waiting. Yeah, no, it, it's just that we should probably mention this is our hundredth episode. He did. I did. Did. <laughs> did you not hear him do the one hundred thing like four times? No. <laughs> so, sorry. Sorry, Sensei. It's going to be one of those episodes. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a tough, it, it's a tough time. Sorry. He not only said it, but then had to specify that it was like like he was just doing a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are, we are on episode 100. what happens 100. when you're too cool for school and you just skip the format. <laughs> but yeah, we, we are on episode 100. We made it. So, shout outs to the... Uh, Top cities this week. So coming in at number one, I'm probably gonna say this wrong. Kittening, Pennsylvania. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, Worthing in the United Kingdom. Shout out to you guys. El Cerrito, California. Number four is Lexington, Kentucky, and number five is Charlestown, Indiana. And right below Charlestown was Bria, California, and New York, New York, and Brooklyn, New York. So, shout-outs to you guys for listening. Um, appreciate it. Shout-outs to the uh, people on Twitter who have posted and reblogged, everybody on Tumblr who has posted and reblogged, all that good stuff. We appreciate you guys. Um, but, yes, we are here. It is episode 100. 
Um, we'll start off with news and notes for the week, and then we will jump into questions that all of you good people submitted. Um, some some pretty interesting questions should. So, so some of these are a little off the path, but I'm glad they are because it'll give us time to ramble and rant and just, you know. That's when ourselves. Yeah, there we go. You know, That's all, every, <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll be one of those episodes. Kidding, by the way, is by Pittsburgh. I just looked it up. No. So technically Pittsburgh is listening to us. Shout out to you guys. No um, international markets. That's interesting. We normally have like a surprise. Well, we did have one, but. I think like way down the list, I think France was, was it France? Somewhere way down was like France. And then I think like one random person from Spain who probably clicked the link on accident. On accident. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Normally it's like Calcutta, India. There was like Egypt. This time it's Kittening. Hi, hi Kittening. Yeah, I don't know. We but, love you the same. Right. Equal opportunity. El Cerrito, California is a new California place, though. Stokes, I feel like Stokes goes to, like, every city in California and just, like, he made us a business card that we I'd don't like know to, about. It's, you take a business card. I'm thinking he's just hanging up loose-leaf papers. <laughs> <laughs> like at bus stops. Oh, man. But whatever you're doing, it's, it's, it's working somehow. But, um, all right, news and... and fight announcements for the week um it's a lot more than what i thought it was going to be so I'll, I'll breeze through rapid fire some of these and then you know if we feel the need we will go back in detail and talk about uh, some of these that went down or that are going to happen so the big one um as far as i know the event has yet to be announced but it'll be in january uh, we'll have robbie lawler versus stephen wonderboy thompson uh, also on that same card, allegedly, will be Paige Van Zant and Rachel, Rachel Ostevich. Um, Zabit Magomed Sharapov finally has a replacement. He'll be fighting Brandon Davis at UFC 228. Um, another fight, which I want to say, I don't know if this was you, Joey, who predicted this. JDS and Tai Tuivasa will be headlining UFC Fight Night 142. I feel like we mentioned that somewhere. Like we guessed that was going to happen. Somebody brought it up and it happened. Um, but that'll be going down. Uh, Hakeem Dawadu and Kyle Bokniak for UFC 231. Tim Means versus Ricky Rainey at the Tough 28 finale. Uh, Lear Latifi and Corey Anderson at UFC 232. Um, Antonio Carlos Jr. and Elias Theodoru has been moved from the Sao Paulo card to UFC 231. Uh, Scrolling down, Kai, Kara France, and Ashkan Mokhtarian at UFC Fight Night 142. Uh, for the Beijing card, and I think that's in November, uh, we got Rashad Coulter and Yao Zhang Hu, and also Shayna Dobson versus Yanan Wu. Um, uh, UFC 231, Chad Laprise and Diego Lima. Uh, UFC Milwaukee, Eric Cook and Dwight Grant. And in Bellator news, uh, Robson Gracie Jr., brother of Henzo, will be making his MMA debut, I want to say, at welterweight. Um, against Peter Nascimento, that'll be at Bellator 208. Um, so that's all I got for fight announcements. The news I'll save for a little bit because we'll we'll get into the Cerrone uh, situation, I guess. Um, I, I guess for starters, how, how do we feel about Robbie Lawler and Wonderboy? Seems kind of mean. 
<laughs> well, like back when, back before the McDonald's fight, I had picked um Wonder Boy to beat, uh, to be the guy to take the title off of Waller, and he's only gotten more beat up <clears throat> since then. So, I I can't imagine it goes well for him. You know, barring landing something big. I'm I'm more curious if this is the. Uh... I'm more curious if this is the main event or not. Because I believe that this might be the same card that they're apparently trying to patch up uh, Romero and Paulo Costa on. So, I, I mean, over three rounds, I guess I'd give Waller a chance to hit something. I, I mean, over five rounds, I would give him a chance. But over three rounds, I think Wonder Boy is too technically smooth to get caught with anything. Even when he gets bored. Because I think sometimes he does get a little bored. Um, that's about it. It's one, no, of those, no. it's one of those fights that doesn't make sense, but it'll pop a number, so I guess it does make sense. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know who happens in this one. I, th- I think I'm leaning more towards Wonderboy, but Rob, Robbie's crazy, so who, who knows how that'll go. Um, the Zabit, Magomed, Sharapov, and Brandon Davis. Um, I have to be honest. Like, I wanted to be, like, hype about this. And like I'm, I'm not. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm glad Zabit did get a replacement. So I'm glad he's just at least fighting somebody. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm not like too. I'm, I'm gonna watch it because I just want to see Zabit do Zabit things. But I, I don't know. This maybe, maybe I'm just a Debbie Downer. This, this, this. I saw this and I just kind of like, yeah, okay, I, I guess. I think that's well, it's a it's a run back of the Bakniak fight, isn't it? No, I think Bakniak is is a little bit more. Yeah, I think Zabit Zabit probably gets Davis out of there. I I don't know if anybody. Yeah, I think he's gonna tool him. Like I I don't think this fight will be close. <clears throat> but I don't know. probably a little closer to the Santiago fight. In terms of in terms of ultimate result. Um. It's a filler fight, and this is, again, like another problem that they're having. They have to find... Nobody's going to take the Zabit fight on short notice, the same way that the, nobody was going to take the Peter Yan fight on short notice, so they had to go and find some guy. So your your hopes rely on guys like Brandon Davis, who will fight anybody because that's the only way they're going to keep their spot, or signing some random dude who nobody's going to be excited about. Exactly. So. There you go. Yeah, I, I guess I'll say, though, at least I don't <laughs> want to see, like, a slight against Davis. At least he is a guy who will come forward. So, if, if anything, this fight will be entertaining. I, I don't know. I, I guess I just want to see Zabit take that next step up or just I, – I don't, I, don't I don't know. Yeah, I think that – and I think that even if they found a guy – like, even if they found Andre Feely, so to speak, it's not the Yair fight, so it wasn't going to be – like, it just – it was going to be a disappointment no matter what. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it was kind of, I ain't gonna say a lose-lose, but, like, you hear Zabit Yair and you just think of all of the crazy movie kicks and, like, wildness that could potentially happen and any other matchup, unless he's fighting, like, a top five guy. It's just kind of like, eh, a little more to be desired. But it'll be fun either way. It'll be it'll be violence. There'll, there'll be Zabit things happening, so, um, no, I'll, I'll still be tuning in. Um, JDS and Tai Tuivasa. Is is this the 
I think we talked about this before, but uh, like, what what does this <laughs> what does this mean for JDS? Like, if he loses, um, that he's a slightly lower ranked heavyweight than he think he is now, because like, <laughs> I mean, like the, he's still the next to his name changes. Is that all you're just, saying? Yeah, like like that bit like. We we know he he's not competing with the Stipe's and the, um, like the very very top of the division. Like if he was to fight Kurt, like Curtis Blades, for example, I think he'd probably get taken down and smoked. Um, but at the same time, like, do I expect him to lose to the number sixteen dude on the roster, like a heavyweight? Like, no. Nah. He's just kind of like he's he's just in that weird limbo space with Alistair Overeem, where they're still too good for most of the division, but just physically they're just not able to keep up. Like I, I think he beats Tuivasa though. I would bet so. Yeah, I would say if if Tuivasa and not a slight against Arlovsky, who I, I love, but you know if if those two had to slug it out for three rounds and. You know, Arlovski did as well as he did. I don't see why JDS can't do the same, possibly better. Right, and I don't think Tuivasa has um, that, like, Francis Ngannou one-punch-and-you're-done power. I, I think he's just much more of a dynamic dude who, you know, he's out here flying uh, fly guys into, like, KOs, even if they are ridiculously slow. Yeah, like, there's the, there's a... That's what I'm most excited about, to be honest, about this fight, is that I don't think Tui Vasa is a an athlete, and even in his current form, JDS is still probably a very good athlete for heavyweight. Yeah. So I want to see how he deals with the fact that Dos Santos is not going to be there for a flying knee. Like, there's just no way that that's going to happen. Now, you know, if it happens, I will be here. I will be on the next one, and I will absolutely admit being wrong. But I don't see a flying knee, whatever, whatever. So I'm curious to see if he's prepared for the fact that he's going to face a... Arlovsky's a good heavyweight still in his current age and whatever the case may be, but I, I want to see how he deals with the fact that he's in there with somebody who's genuinely no qualifiers really good. Still. Yeah. Yes. I'll, I'll be on the... I, I think that... Because when I was doing the article for... June, like I was breaking down who he comps to, and JDS is one of the guys that he statistically he matched up with JDS and Kane and like guys who came into the UFC in their first fight for KO wins. So he's on that trajectory, and this is an interesting kind of challenge for him. I wouldn't have put this fight together to be honest, but I'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. <clears throat> I especially wouldn't do it in Australia where it seems like. Anytime they try to do a hometown guy, like, coming out party, something goes wrong. I, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah, for real. Why don't they ever just give them a layup at home? Yeah, I was going to say. Like, or or maybe, maybe somebody who's, a stylistic, like, um... I mean, you want to do Cyril Asker again? No, like, I'm trying to think. Who who a heavyweight do, could tie two of us a beat and it would still be, like, a top 10 dude? Or a top I, 15 guy? I mean, I would say Olenek, but Olenek's fighting in Russia. Yeah, he's tied up. Olenek, uh, Tybura. Tybura uh, would be the worst one. And here's why. Because I think Marcin Tybura would take him down. 
and just kind of lay on him for th- five rounds. So I guess you kind of avoid that. Like, if he loses to JDS, it's like, look, he got knocked out by one of the greatest heavyweights ever. Whereas if he loses to Marcin Cyber, it's like, oh, we did that. Like, right. <laughs> we would we would absolutely be lambasting them if they did Tybura and Tuivasa in Australia. And that's not how you want to start, like, because I think he just recently signed a contract for like six more fights. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to start off your new contract with, with, with a top bore L. I don't think that's a. I'm trying to think of because I think Anikul was right. This is not a fight you would do like in Australia, but I, I can't think of a better name. Arlovsky like, maybe. I mean, not Arlovsky, Overeem maybe, but like Reem at least has the fatal flaw. But I think they're still putting his skull back together. Like, I don't think that he's... I can't see him fighting anytime soon. Yeah, he, he probably needs to chill out. I rewatched that elbow again the other day. Jesus Christ. Is there... I probably have to, like, peel him off the floor. That was... That was brutal. A little rude, don't you think? Yeah. Is, is that the same card as, that they're apparently doing Tyson, Pedro, and Shogun on? Apparently. Uh. How is Shogun is just like a top ten light heavyweight? <laughs> Stop! <laughs> Stop! Is... Stop right now! I just get amazed. Like he is just still out here. Like so, he's never gonna leave. Like I mean, it's two oh five. Like I think for him to leave, like the UFC somehow would just have to shut down and close its doors. Like that would be the only way we get him out of here. Like, other than that, he's just gonna keep, he's just gonna keep showing up. I mean, but realistically, realistically speaking, like I I want to say like retired, but Little Nog is about to like co-headline an event. So at two hundred five, anything's possible. It's the Dreamland division. That is true. How do you feel about Dewodu against uh, Bakniak? By the way, wanted your opinion on that, both of you. Hmm. Um. I think entertainment value-wise, it'll be fun. Um, I just don't... I'm, I'm, I, there's a part of me that's afraid that I just don't want to see Davidu take another step back. Because, you know, his first fight, you know, we, we all saw how that went down. Second fight, much better. Now he's he's right back in there with a... I don't want to say a wolf in terms of, like... Not like Bakniak, like a world beater. But... Like, it's a fight I think he... Yeah, yeah it's the fight that it's the fight that he can lose. Um, but I don't know, man. Bakiak's a fun guy, though. So I mean, from from an entertainment standpoint, I, I guess I'm all for it. Like I, I don't see any way in this, that this fight is boring. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's the UFC. Like that would do at, at this point. Like you, you know, e- even when they quote unquote, you know, ease you up, like you're still gonna have to fight tough guys. And Bakiak's just one of those. He's just one of those guys. So no, I, I like I like this fight. I, I think it'll be it'll, it'll be pretty fun to watch. Yeah, I'm <clears throat> I'm cool with it as well. Like, do I, I, I want to say that like, his first loss didn't count or anything, but like, what can you really learn from that besides, you know, don't throw naked kicks? Like, I I I, I would like to see Dawudu pushed, like. In a, in a fight, not, like, marketing-wise. Like, just somebody who can keep a pace and who will stay on him and stuff like that, so... And who's probably a little better than Austin or that. So, like, I'm I'm good with it. I'm gonna see what happens. 
Alright. I'm surprised nobody rejoiced. Because that's, you know, anti cool. Rashad Coulter was the GOAT heavyweight. The greatest heavyweight of all time. <laughs> Who's who? They're having him fight the the, the Chinese heavyweight, uh, whose name I forget. Yao, I was Yao Zhang Hu. Sensei nailed that one pretty well. I was impressed. Uh, yeah, Yao Zhang Hu. Who? Yeah, that guy. Uh, who, if I remember correctly, his first fight was him getting taken down by Cyril Asker multiple times before getting choked. Yep. So, you know, there's finally somebody he can beat. <laughs> we believe. We be I, I believe in him. <laughs> we believe. We do. We do. Go 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 to Beijing, Rashad, and go go put in work. You know. Hey, where did they find this guy? They uh they had a fight set up for Asker, and I think the dude who he was facing got popped by Usada or just got hurt. And they needed a heavyweight on three days' notice, and so they just snagged a dude. And they were kind enough to just, I guess, let him... They were like, we're going to come back here, so we might as well hold on to him. Mm -hmm. There you go. I was just surprised they found a Chinese heavyweight. Like, that is impressive. That is like, hard, hard-level matchmaking. Like, I, I think, hard, I, I think like, Chinese heavyweight, and then I think that uh, the sumo dude from, like, Road... I'm saying like I, I don't know where, I don't know where they found the Chinese heavyweight from. Hey man, some, somebody just, doing yeah. That's a lot of homework digging. I uh, hope like you, your signing level like I'd like to believe that when the UFC their matchmakers they get bonuses based on how well they sign guys. I hope whoever signed them got a big bonus. Because <laughs> it's like it's more impressive to me than signing a top level anything to find like a Chinese heavyweight of note. At the end of the office day, you get the 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 find of the day bonus. Bonus. Yeah, here's, that. here's a fifty dollar gift card. It's like he doesn't have to win anything to be impressive. It's just like his existence. Right. Yeah, it's like it's like how did you find this guy? That so, is a lot. He he digged in all four corners of YouTube. So I I I'm on Tapology and I'm looking at their uh, Chinese pro men's heavyweight rankings, and there are only twenty six of them. But Sorry, the first, I'm just saying, like, but the the first five are not Chinese fighters. They're just dudes who fought in China. It's <laughs> it's Mighty Mo, it's Gluhav, it's Suk, it's Sukaju, it's Jeremy May, and young man, uh, a young man, uh, young. So, and then you have Lahan Wu, who's fought once since 2014. I'm just saying, whoever came out, whoever found this guy. Deserves the bonus. That's a yeah, that's a bonus promotion. That's uh, a corner office type type. Uh, right. That's the that's the head of Chinese operations right there. Uh, who who I, I tip my hat to the Sean Shelby or Mick Maynard or whoever. He needs a, a crown on his cubicle. Like for Shannon <laughs> Shannon Rich is number eleven. I just don't believe that there are Chinese heavyweights. <laughs> There's the guy who top rank found. Ah, uh, uh, Dong. Who I think they then got rid of because I haven't seen him in like six years. Since they put him on that, uh, they put him on the uh, Horn Pacquiao card, and he scored the knockout with the shoulder punch. <laughs> that Teddy Atlas was complaining about. Right. So there's that 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 guy, and then this guy the UFC found, which is amazing. I have no idea. 
I'd like to point out that that guy you just mentioned won, like, the bronze medal for boxing at the Olympics. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that really mean? It means he's just as good as Deontay Wilder. <laughs> Dude, I want to see that guy fight Tyson Fury. Ooh. I want to see that more than I want to see Fury Wilder now. You really? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like Dr. Robotnik against... God forgive me. Dr. Robotnik versus like the guys who the guys from China who bootleg the old Sega games. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's like um it's like Robotnik's coming for all that all that royalty money he's missing out on. Because <laughs> how's he gonna fund his nefarious operations? <laughs> Turning small animals into robots. <laughs> so, oh man. Huh. Never know. You've ruined Tyson Fury for me, by the way. I can, never, <laughs> I can never look at him again without seeing. I told you, guys. Tyson Fury has been Doctor Robot this entire time, and I, I, I uncovered it. I just, I, I found it out. Oh my I'm bad. I'm trying not to. What's up? My bad. He won the silver medal, so he's actually better than Deontay. Better Robert. than. So then it's a completely competent fight. Then it's, it's the. It's the fight to make. You can tell because I think his best one is Peter Grimm. And I mean, look at this way. They're both tall. Hey. Genuinely tall people. There we go. We should be matchmakers. I feel Our like we just made, like, what, what stadium are we selling out with this bad boy? Um, the, the Olympic Stadium in China, the bird's nest. I'm thinking of the one in North, the North Korea one that's like 120-some thousand people. <laughs> Except you sell no tickets. I don't think we can sell any tickets because I don't think we can have Tyson Fury on a microphone against a Chinese opponent. I mean, none of them understand I mean, we, what he's saying, so that's fine. Not that we can't, you know, we, we shouldn't, but yeah, I don't want we, Tyson Fury in front of a live microphone against the Chinese. <laughs> opponent. I, I just reconsidered this. We'll like, <laughs> we'll let him talk, and then we'll like. Overdub. We'll dub his. Him. <laughs> <laughs> we'll dub his. We'll dub his words with our own trash talk that we we made up for PG him. G trash talk. There we go. Not uh, it'll, offensive it'll, it'll trash talk. Yeah, it'll it'll work out somehow. P- people got to see the fight, so we'll, we'll we'll make it happen. Um, before we get to the Cerrone beef, um, on a on a more somber note, because we didn't get the the chance to touch on this last time, because I, I I don't think we saw the article to like right after we finished recording um about Keiji Yamamoto battling cancer oh yeah um so yeah wanted to give well wishes to him um he is like one of my all-time favorite fighters um you know it's crazy to think that at like one point the lighter weight classes just didn't get a lot of love and now they're just like that's that's like kind of like the place to be like that's where at least in my opinion where all of the best fights seem to happen is in the lighter weight classes, but, you know, he was one of those guys really, really early on who was kind of holding that torch <laughs> for the little dude, so to speak. Um, so definitely well wishes to him, man. Um, I'm not sure, like, what kind of cancer he has. because um, he, he just put out, like, a quick little Instagram post. He didn't really go in too deep with it. So, um, but, yeah, well wishes to him, man. Definitely hope he beats that. I would be devastated if I woke up and, saw that he passed from cancer uh that's not a headline i don't think any of us want to read but um yeah well well wishes to him keep keep fighting a good fight man yeah Can- cancer sucks 
All right. So before we get the questions, I guess we'll uh, unpack this Cerrone beef. Um, I don't know, Joel. You you said you've been kind of keeping up with this. So I'll, I'll let you lead this one off. Well, I don't. I don't. I don't want to be. I don't want to misquote anybody. So I'm trying to remember it as best I can. From what I gather, obviously they announced Donald Cerrone against Mike Perry, and Cerrone was basically told for by Jackson Wink that they're gonna go with. Mike Perry, he's going to be there, the fighter that they're going to be dealing with. And so Cerrone, in his mind, was kicked out. And apparently this was like a long time coming. It seems like he's had issues with not so much Greg Jackson, but Mike Winklejohn. So he was going to go train at his ranch. And I think what escalated it was that Greg Jackson said, well, I'll go to the ranch and I'll train with you. And Cerrone's attitude was, you're going to be with this guy in the gym all day. And then you're going to come and train me. And then you're going to go back to the gym to this guy. And apparently there's just been a whole bunch of problems with Winkle John and Cerrone. Winkle John alleges that Donald Cerrone is not a good teammate, that uh, um, he's never there for anybody's camps. He's, he's always kind of doing his own thing. And, and that's the opposite of how he believes the gym is built in terms of the brotherhood. And Cerrone's attitude is that Mike Winkle John has turned it into a puppy mill was the exact term. Uh, so his attitude is that, you know, People pay money to go and train with the top guys, and I guess he feels like it's being commercialized, and that maybe the spirit of Jackson Wink has been sucked out. I don't know. Uh, it got nastier kind of as things progressed, because other people started getting involved. Diego Sanchez had his, his two cents about how Cerrone was being uh, disloyal or whatever. And then Mike Perry kind of commented, and it feels like Cerrone... Uh, I mean, again, I'm not at the gym not at that gym. It kind of feels like Cerrone's, uh, he feels betrayed, which I guess is only natural. But then again, I guess he also doesn't know the history of Jackson Wink in terms of their choosing guys over other guys when it comes to fights being put together. I, I guess it's one of those situations where you never think it's going to be you until it is you. Yeah. And so, yeah. uh, you know, it's kind of sad because it's public and it's become a public uh, issue. And uh, you kind of can't, you know, Jackson Wink and, and Donald Cerrone just feels kind of iconic together. So their split was a little, the fact that it's so nasty in public has been kind of a bummer. But that's basically it. It's basically that Jackson Wink is going to train Mike Perry to fight Donald Cerrone and Donald Cerrone's upset about it. I feel like for me reading this, the most, I don't want to say disturbing, I feel like this makes it sound like I care about this more than I actually do. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, one thing that kind of jumped out at me, because I watched, I, I didn't watch the whole Rogan episode. I just watched, like, the 17-minute clip of just him talking about that. And, like, the one part he said that just kind of jumped out at me was, like, how he was saying, now now that, like, Winkle John has taken over, apparently just random Joe Schmoes off the street. If you got $150 that you can pay, you know, for your little monthly fee or whatever, you can just come in and just start, like, sparring with Holly Holm. Yeah, that's like, <laughs> and that's kind of, if that's true, that's wild. Like that's that's kind of disturbing. Oh, he he also did not not to not to jump on you because I think you're right. He also alleged that there is a there's a wrestling coach at Jackson Wink that is selling steroids or has been selling steroids. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, that's that's a big I part mean, of the story. I forgot. Like, oh, like when I used to like read up on like gyms and like the people like because. <clears throat> Back before um, Jackson Wink became like a fighters camp, like before they moved to the new venue, 
like I, I guess they were just like a gym for everybody, right? Like a normal like the we like you know family gym. Something like so, that. So yeah, so you so I would go and like read stories about like how all like half the gym members are like motorcycle gang members and would like <laughs> just be doing meth in the parking lot. And like they, they would be selling drugs at the gym. You gotta get your kick somehow. Before you begin training, you gotta get that that, that up. Exactly, but like so, it's not surprising to me that if like somebody in the gym was actually selling like you know drugs or steroids or something, um, like, and will we will we forget like there's a business. Like I, I can't be mad at uh, Wink for like deciding to go with the guy who probably has more fights ahead of him. Because like because. Fighters do this do this all the time, right? Yeah, it's not like it's not like Cerrone is one of Wink's fighters. Like Cerrone has his own striking coach. He has the ranch up in Colorado where he tri- spends most of his camps. Like I- I'm not going to be upset that Wink's like, okay, this guy who's never here or who's rarely ever here um, is going to be fighting this guy who wants to pay me probably good money to train him. Well, in his defense, he said he made the ranch because he couldn't get. <laughs> the training there apparently, apparently. Uh... Well, I think that well, that's if you watch like any of his things, it's like, well, I want to train at like eight o'clock at uh, at night because I spent like three to five going waveboarding or something. Like <laughs> that, that, that's like Cerrone's schedule is fucking insane. Uh, like watching some of those embeddeds and countdowns, he's like, yeah, I'll be training at like midnight because like tomorrow morning I want to go like skydiving. Or I want to go ride a bull, and they're only open from like eight to nine. So like, whatever. So so it, it makes sense to me that he could get the training he wanted at Jackson, because <laughs> they have a, from what I understand, they have a class set up. So like you know, all the fighters come and they take one big class, and <clears throat> yeah, no, it's not like built around each. These camps aren't built around each fighter, um, unless you bring in your own guys like Alistair Overeem. Like he, uh, Overeem still has his coaches, who he's been working with his whole career. Um, and so I, I can't be mad at Wink for being like, you know, what, I'm gonna just go with Mike Perry. And from what I can tell, he was upfront about it. Like this isn't, oh, I'm not going to train him. And then like he shows up the day of the fight, and all of a sudden Wink is in his court, is in Perry's corner. You know, it, it's not like Vinny Mangle. Well, he, he was saying that it seemed like Wink. <laughs> yeah, it, it seemed like he was saying like Wink was kind of wishwashy about it though. Like he kind of, like he hit him with the misdirection. Uh, like he, he made him, yeah, he made him think like they weren't gonna do it, and then I, I don't know. This whole thing actually kind of roundabout in a way reminds me of like the NBA and how like people quote unquote deal with loyalty and teams. And kind of like you said earlier, like, at the end of the day, it's kind of a business. Um, I mean, I, I get it. You, you form, like, bonds and relationships with these people and all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, you, you kind of, you know, it, it comes down that it, it is a business. And you have to do what's best for you, whether you're the fighter or the coach or the owner, you know, whatever, whatever. Um I, I wouldn't be surprised if things like this probably happen more than we think. We just not maybe go with public, is you know this one has. Cause at, at the end of the day, people got to make big work. ass camps. Like you got people right. coming in from all over the world to train at Jackson Wink. 
So it's not surprising to me that they they run into this type of friction often. For me, it, for me, it's just like like Donald. You were there when they kicked Rashad Evans out. Right. You were there when they kicked Diego Sanchez out. The biggest MMA is built on a lot of lies. We talk about this a lot. We 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 kind of always whenever something comes up that doesn't make sense with the narrative of MMA, it's like we always point out that there this sport is built on lies. And one of the biggest lies is always about camp, like camp loyalty and you know that I'll always train at whatever whatever. I'll never go outside here. I'll like TJ Dillashaw and Team Alpha Male. It's just built on a lie. It's like uh, Jackson Wink doesn't owe Donald Cerrone anything, and if Cerrone wants to go train wherever he wants to go train, if he wants to go train in his ranch, then that's totally acceptable too. Like, it shouldn't be a crime to wanna if they want to move on from him, that's cool. If he wants to move on from them, that's cool. That should be acceptable. Exactly. It's weird that like MMA, you have to be Jose Aldo has to be a Nova Unia for the rest of his life into into perpetuity. Like, it's not how that works. Not how it should work. And really, that's, and that's why I kind of said it reminds me of not just the NBA, but like sports in general. We've seen. Oh this yeah, as, for sure. If you guys watch any other sport, perfect example: Isaiah Thomas from the uh, from the Celtics. This dude goes out like his his sister dies. He's having like probably the worst week a, a person could have. He goes out, still plays his heart out for the Celtics, and he gets traded. Like, and, and then he has assholes on Twitter tweeting at him while they're like videos of them burning his jersey yeah right i mean how many how many eight year contracts eight year deals turn into three year deals turn into four year deals before they're moved or they're cut or it's always going to be about everybody's out for themselves gms want to protect their jobs to have the best team possible because it's not not just because they love the city but because they 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 got to win you got to win it doesn't loyalty and and good vibes and oh he, he we love him so much and he'll be a X for Blake Griffin. They did a whole ceremony to get Blake Griffin to re-sign with the Clippers where they put his jersey up in the rafters or whatever. And then they traded him like the next year. Right. So it's 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 business. It's business, it's money, it's wins and losses. And one of the things that did come up in the, the article back and forth is like Cerrone pointing out the fact that Jackson Wink, their win percentage has gone down. And it's like they probably feel like they're cashing out on Donald Cerrone on the decline. So why not go with a guy who's younger? Like Anikul said, not just that he, they'll, he'll probably pay more, but he's a younger guy who they have more years invested into. They can get Mike Perry for three or four years, as opposed to Donald Cerrone, who may not be around for 2019, as a fighter, so to speak. And Jackson Wink has said this didn't have anything to do with Cerrone. Uh, this didn't have anything to do with Mike Perry in his mind. Although Mike Perry was a part of it, it sounds like to him this was going to be something that was going to happen regardless. So this relationship must have been pretty toxic in his mind. And and uh, that ultimately has led to the... And Jackson Wink in general has been on a decline, so if they want to shake things up, then I, I guess I get it. Yeah, gotta get that... Uh... I get that one percentage Just, back up. I mean, who? Yeah, I mean that's. But but if you're a camp, that's how you're known. Especially if you're like a super camp that's built its reputation up as like a. It's like extreme couture. They started doing things and getting guys out and bringing guys in once. Once they stopped becoming this like super camp. So it's just the nature of the game, I guess. 
Exactly. Yeah, the, the tides always change. Like, no, no, nothing ever stays the same. And I mean, it, it sucks that certain people, you know, these instances happen. You, you might get caught in the crossfire and you never thought it was going to happen to you, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, let's be real. If, if this was another fighter getting kicked out of Jackson Wink, I don't think Cerrone would care. You care because it's you. Exactly. That's it. Like, he, he only cares because it's him. Like, I, I see both sides, but for me, at the end of the day, it's like, it, it, it kind of is what it is. Like, I, I would say, at least in Cerrone's case, the one positive, like, at least, you know, maybe you're no longer welcome in this gym, but you, you still got your ranch going for you. So, at least you have something to fall back on. Because it, it would have been worse if you just got kicked out and you had no other, you know recourse yeah you had no other recourse like you were just kind of just out in the water it's just kind of <laughs> i mean cerrone has to know that like he's gonna in the court of public opinion he's gonna win this argument because he's so popular and nobody likes greg jackson so it doesn't matter what he says like he's gonna win so yeah. but you know it, it is what it is cerrone will leave you know someone else will come in in this case perry the the revolving door will keep spinning <laughs> This, this sport just chews people up and spits them out, and they kind of just fall wherever they fall. Loyalty is a lie. I'm kind of surprised it took this long, to be honest. With him? Or with yeah, him? Well, just, it was Cerrone. Cause, just because the divisions he's for that, the, uh, the amount of time he's been around, like, it feels like this probably should have came to a head way sooner. Uh, I think, though, he was still a pretty valuable, like, person you know if you look at him in just a sense of being a commodity not that <laughs> not to make it sound like that but like if no you know, I he, think he, that, he I had think a he had a nice fair. i think it's yeah like he had a really way. good he had a really good run and even when he started to lose a couple like he's still someone that people tune in to see so that's fair you know, would yeah, you they, have they, would you have chosen perry over Cerrone? the both of you if you're in you're in jackson wings camp well, I don't like Perry, so... I'm saying yeah, in general. You don't have to... Create a Mike Perry. Create a Mike Perry in your mind who's <laughs> not Mike Perry. Oh, well, yeah, then yeah, because that's bonus money. Fred Jacobson. But, like, it, I get what you mean. Like, um... Just, yeah, I, I probably would have picked uh, Perry over Cerrone. There you go. Why can't we keep both? Because... Why can't I just go to Perry? <laughs> <laughs> You're bound to hurt a feeling somewhere. Hey, man. <laughs> no, sometimes I want to hear, like, who would you, what would you have done? What, who would you have picked? Uh, I had a, a Perry who's not Perry. Yeah. In, 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 in that world, I'm, I'm picking Perry. A Perry in this world, <laughs> A Perry who's not Perry. A, a Perry who fights exactly like Mike Perry, but keeps his mouth shut. Yeah, I'll, someone knows social fair. media. A social media right. blackout. Right, okay. <laughs> right. He has he has no Twitter. Nice. He has no nothing. He he can only do interviews, and even that we keep to a minimum, unless it's fight week. But uh, yeah, I I'd probably pick that Perry. But I don't know if it's if it's if it's real life Perry and this Cerrone, I might just still stick with Cerrone because I don't know if I, yeah, I don't know I, if I, I want... still I don't I don't, I'm not, I'm still like mixed on Perry and even putting like. Even putting, like, personality and all that aside, like, just as a fighter. Like, I think he's entertaining. He's fun. Almost in another way, he's kind of... <laughs> I feel like he's kind of like Cerrone, Cerrone. but... 
Yeah, let's not act like Donald Cerrone hasn't said or done things that aren't untoward. Like this is not They're... like it's not personality. I'm not trying to make it a personality personality kind of back and forth. Yeah. Even if you look at it in terms of like just they're almost like an even swap, though I would say Cerrone's way more well-rounded than than Perry is. But, like, they're both guys who you know when they fight, it's going to be a fun scrap. Somebody's going to get knocked out or finished, whether they win or lose. I, I don't know, though. Like, Perry, I, I don't know. I feel like people are just going to figure Perry out unless Perry... I mean, we saw it this last fight. He did... He, he was a lot more patient, so I, I think he is, like, learning that. But, like, I don't... <laughs> I don't know if Perry will even be able to pull a Cerrone and, like, find his way in a title shot. Like, I just, I, I don't know if he's that well-rounded enough. Like, I feel like people are just going to figure him out. You see, uh, if, if it was a younger Donald Cerrone, I'd pick Donald Cerrone, but this Donald Cerrone, he was probably, well, not probably, he's on the downside. It's just, we don't know, like, I'm not sure where, like, where Cerrone just eventually completely, like, breaks, because that's his archetype. Like there, there will come a day where Donald Cerrone just can't take a punch. Yeah, I, I think that they might be coming soon. I, I think his wars are definitely, like, kind of, kind of caught up to him. You know what I would have done? I would have taken my whoever I believe is a leader in my gym. Leaders are in my gym, and I would have brought them into a room, and I would have sat them down, and I would have said, "We got to make a choice here because this can't work." So who benefits our gym more going forward? Because I'd have to imagine Cerrone's been there for so long that there had to have been some people who stood up for him. There had to have been some loyalty to him. If nobody came out in defense of him, and I'm not sure if anybody has, like that speaks to me that speaks pretty loudly. The only person I know is Misha Tate. Well, Misha Tate. But and David I... Sanchez came out and was like, mm, not. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I want to see where you go with this. Go ahead. I think, go ahead. Wait, what? You said Misha Tate, and then you were going to say something, and then you said, uh, I'm not, I, I, I was just going to say, I don't know what type of time she spent at that gym, because oh, okay. I know she was there before, but I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I think they're, they're friendly outside of the gym as well, so it was kind of like his. But I wonder what John Jones thinks, because Jones has been friends with Cerrone, but Mike Perry said that he went to, he went to Jackson Wink because he wanted to train with John Jones. So, I wonder what Jones thinks about this. I think Jones has other... I think John Jones doesn't yeah. care. I'm not, yeah, I don't I don't think know. John Jones <laughs> cares. Okay, we're fine. But that goes back that. to our conversation about John Jones doesn't have any real friends. Leave him alone. <laughs> Leave him alone. But no, it's not because, like, it's because he's a narcissist. Probably. But look, that's okay. You can be that. All, all great people have narcissistic tendencies. Anyways. But this goes back to my point, I suppose, or the article that I wrote a while ago in relation to Maryland, which is, do these camps have leaders? Do these camps have people who watch out for one another? Because going back to what Sensei said, if, if this is like a situation where you pay your money and you could be on the same mat with um, Andre Orlovsky or any major Jackson Wick name, then like, is that a healthy situation? Is that conducive to a healthy environment in the gym? It, it, I feel like, I don't know if healthy, I feel like it can work, but that it, it, there's so many variables. Like, I, I think it takes a certain kind of individual to be willing to, I'm going to fight this guy that I train with, and somehow we're just going to make this work out. And then after it's done, we'll come back and train together like nothing ever happened. 
I, I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't bet my money on it. it yeah. If, I don't know. Because, like, if this is this is a guy who was at Jackson Wink for years, just getting ousted, and you have to wonder if there was, like, a leadership council within that... A leadership council. A leadership council within that group at Jackson Wink that might have prevented it, might have been asked about it. Like, these are interesting things about MMA gyms that we just... Sometimes we just assume fighters get to the... Like, they just get to the cage. So I'm always concerned when... Something like this happens and nobody's saying anything. Because what did they see? Like, what if Cerrone was a bad gym influence? You know? It, I say it could be in a, a mix. In a it Lombard be, sense, you know? I was going to say, it could be a mix of, like, maybe some people do think that. Like, they're not saying anything because it, I don't say they secretly wanted him outed, but maybe, like, they just weren't, they weren't big fans of him, but just didn't want to go public about it. So they're just gotcha. kind of just going to let this happen. Or it could be maybe the other way around. Like, maybe they... You know, maybe you're a newer guy. You don't want to say anything because, like, you just got here. Yeah, so just, maybe yeah, it's not yeah. your place to... Low man on the totem pole. Yeah. Uh, you know, they... uh, real quick, how many what? guys who have been there, like, are still at Jackson? Like, home. Like, there's, home there's, there's home, there's Sanchez, and there's Jones. Lando. But, like, who? Lando Venata. Like, has he been there long? I don't know. Arlovsky's been there since about 2010, 12. But he's been in and out. True. I'm just saying, like, to me, this is an interesting conversation that, on the surface, it's like, the average, the, I hate to use this term, but, like, the casual fan just looks at it as Cerrone versus Jackson Wink, whereas I think that there's a lot of interesting dynamics about just gym culture in general kind of colliding at once. Right. And this has been kind of an enlightening conversation. I like I like that we we took something that seems pretty cut and dry and kind of piecemealed it and trying to figure this whole situation out. And again, I don't want to like just to go back. I don't want to disparage Cerrone because it could be any like we just went through this with T.J. Dillashaw. Like, if T.J. Dillashaw was so destructive at Team Alpha Male, why wasn't anything done about it? If he was really showing them how to do steroids. <laughs> Why were they not tipping off you, son? I wasn't talking about that. More like, oh, TJ Dillashaw goes so hard, he concussed Chris Holdsworth. Holdsworth never fight again. Like, you mean to tell me that TJ Dillashaw just walked into the gym one day and was like, you know what? I'm really going to fuck some people up today. Like, guys who train hard, train hard from. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to walk into the gym today and ruin Chris Holdsworth's life. <laughs> yeah, like. If a guy trains hard, he trains hard all, like, you know that. So how long was it going on before somebody got hurt? Right. So, you know, because we want everything in MMA to evolve, but we don't want the camp culture to evolve. To evolve. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. So just a, just a sidebar fun banter before we get to these questiones. Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't think we'd spend that much time on that. But that was, was a good fun. Yeah, like, that was a, that was a, that was a nice. And, and AC, I think you guys brought it right there. Yeah. And Cerrone, nice, nice go, just go train at your ranch. All right. Well, I'm pretty sure you'll you know find no shortage of people to spar with and Leonard Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's still out here being be being a wild man somewhere. Um, but yeah, so. For this episode, for the uh, remainder, we will answer the questions that all of you great people submitted. So once again, 
thank you for everybody who submitted a question. So shout outs to everybody on Twitter and people on Tumblr who have sent in questions uh, for our special, you know, 100th episode. So um, I, I guess just a disclaimer for the listeners. So <laughs> I've had a chance to sit with some of these questions, some of them, because I, you know, I made a Twitter post, I tagged some people, people ask questions, all that. Um, these two other gentlemen, I just kind of blindsided them this morning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I literally got on here and they're like, we've got questions. But they'd be uh, brave, you Joey told me. Them. <laughs> <laughs> so, they're not, you know, what's bad is even as long as I've been sitting with these questions, I'm probably still going to get stumped by some of these. But, um, yeah, so we will just uh, start from the top and read these questions in the order <laughs> that they were received. Um, so first question. Uh, uh, most of these are from Twitter, so if they're from Twitter, uh, I'll put your at name so people can follow you if they want all that good stuff. Uh, so first question is coming from at the MMA nerd. So that's the underscore MMA underscore nerd. Um, question is, what is your worst quote unquote hot take on MMA? Ooh, mm. hot take. Since you've had time to ruminate on these, why don't you go first? Me? I re- <laughs> this was one of those that I really was trying to think about. I could be here all day with bad hot takes. My All my takes are solid, so I don't care. I understand. <laughs> I guess my favorite one is that maybe maybe the reason MMA fighter, MMA promotion fighter relationships aren't as good as you think it is isn't because promotions are terrible people, but that fighters are not smart. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> well, how often do we get on here and we're like we have a discussion and then something comes up and then i say i say something along the lines of do you really think that person can do that and then the anti-cold just very honestly goes no like we were discussing woodley covington and i'm trying to bury colby covington and then anti-cold just very politely goes i don't think tyron woodley is smart enough to have that conversation as well and like we're talking about like fighter rights and whatever and like licensing fees and all this stuff. And at some point you think they would have seen this coming. Like the tide would have changed by now. Primarily when they signed like the Fox deal, somebody would have done something. Or, you know, when their company sold for $4 billion, you would have assumed. So it's like, it's, and I don't mean that fighters are, I don't want to say fighters are dumb. Like they can't wash themselves properly, but like, as it pertains to business, it's very clear why they're fighters and promotions are promotions. Yeah. Uh, like my hot take, my bad or worst hot take is uh, is pretty similar to that. There'll never be a fighters union because you have people like Jessica Andrade, who are, who's like I have to fight, I have to sell Reebok gear, and you know, cakes, actual cakes. To, to make it as a top 10 UFC fighter, but I'm okay with there being no fighters union. So Yeah, I did see that. That's, that's kind of wild. Okay, so. well, what, what about this one, then? All right, I already forgot it. Perfect. I had it in my head, and I forgot it. <laughs> I had to listen to that meandering six-second story. Then. What was uh, it? I don't know if I have any 
terrible hot take. I feel like all, all my hot takes, is, I don't even know if they're really hot takes. It's just probably me being extremely biased, which I'm very open with my biases. Is it really a hot take to say that MMA fans are victims of recency bias a lot? No, I, I think that's pretty. That's fair. That's not even just MMA. No, I think, I, that's, I think that's, a, that's like. But it's worse than MMA. Yeah, it probably is. You know what? I'm, I'm going to just go with this. DJ and Anderson Silva have a very similar record in terms of like quality of wins. So fight me. Is that? But is that a hot take? Like, because I broke it, that it, it, it is. It is. Is it, is it a hot take because you, because the because it's against, or is it a hot, hot take because Mighty Mouse is five three? <laughs> like if Mighty Mouse was five nine, would we make that comment? Like, would people be like, "Oh, how dare he"? Uh, probably not. But uh, with the bias against Flyway and the fact, like, you know, hot take is just like against, I guess, popular opinion. I so. like how I like how the Anticle has gone this whole conversation without his number one hot take. What was my number one hot take? Your number one hot take that MMA fans are basically racist. Oh yeah. I don't know. I believe it's a little bit of a spicy take. It's at least got some paprika on it. I, I mean, I don't want to get into. I mean, that not could... okay. Not. I mean, I could believe me. I mean, I, I don't want to go Avenue Q. Well, not not okay. Not that all MMA fans are racist, but that MMA fans, the casual MMA fan. Is probably more predisposed, but then again, I think that that's the same with all sports, like especially combat sports. See, and I, I was trying to think of this the other day, like which sport has the worst fans. MMA is pretty high up there. Uh, but I think if I you think... took the casual person, right, who doesn't know anything about boxing, and you sat them down and you gave them a person who's their color versus a person who's not their color, without knowing names, they're gonna probably already know who they want to win. So I think it's worse than MMA, though, because MMA comes from the monster tap out. It was very like, you know, <clears throat> it is no it is no it is no mistake, I suppose, that some of the top drawing views are like Rashad versus Jones, Rampage versus Rashad, DC versus Jones. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I think that that all that all plays into it. I still feel like it's not a hot take. Oh my god, it is a hot take. You, just, you can't just paint everybody with one brush. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. But I can't just slather people with the barbecue brush. The bar- not everyone. Again, not, I don't want to get in this conversation on, our, on on this podcast. What but, other podcast are you on? Uh, that's a secret. Uh, <laughs> should I be concerned? Yeah. Uh, great. Perfect. I'm on the official Antifa podcast. <laughs> but um Yeah, we, we, we have a lot of problems with race relations in this country. It's not like a secret. And it, it's it, it, I'll leave it at that. And it, you, you see it in the you see it in the sport. You, you see it in a sport where when the UFC goes to Atlanta they can't get any black people in the building. Well, I remember that being, since we're having an honest conversation about race in MMA, and it's not a political conversation, so all of you racing to the X on the little SoundCloud, relax. Um, 
that was an issue when they went to Detroit. And they went to Detroit and did Rampage against Machida. And Dave Meltzer, who I don't know if he went there, if he was watching it live or got a report, was surprised that there weren't a lot of black fans there, which you would assume would be a, a, a bit of a more... They obviously put Rampage in Detroit expecting like a bigger turnout, and it was like he was surprised that it was mostly the usual UFC audience in terms of demographics. So, you know. Yeah. I, and it's not like, here's the thing. You're probably, if you're listening to this, you're probably an educated fan who just wants to root for your favorite fighters. Hey, we're not talking about you. Right, right. We're talking about the dudes who show make, up drunk to the make, place. Make Brazilian jokes and, you know, and not the funny Brazilian jokes either, like, you know, about, like, the big nog list of excuses. Those are funny. <laughs> you make the, like, these guys come from the jungle type jokes. Those are the guys we're talking about. And unfortunately, those make up a heavy, a heavy portion of the demographic. Yeah, like, the online MMA community makes up a very, very small sect of... Like anything. Yeah, exactly. Like, of who actually is going to these shows and putting money down to see these fighters. Right. So, it, it's, um... It's not you and I Cole's talking about. He's talking about the dudes who... He's talking about the dudes in Twitter comments. In the Twitter comments of a fighter post. Yeah. yeah I'm talking oh, about the dudes man. adding Tyron Woodley and calling him a nigger. Well, you know, I didn't... Well, you, you, that's probably happening. Everybody who was on the Curtis Blades post, I don't know if you guys saw. I did not. Um, um, God, what, what did he post? Um, he said something about, like, you guys want fighters to be honest until, like, they bring up their children. He said something along the effects of, like, I think the general point he was trying to make is... Yeah, I don't want to like, see us as real people. Right, you don't see us as real people. Like, we still have families to feed. Oh, yeah, we for still sure. have, and that's you something... know, children. And we, we need to, like, basically be able to, like, read and talk and function when we're done fighting. So, yeah. And, yeah, fans were in the comments saying all kinds of keyboard warrior just... And I think that that's, like, yeah. that beyond race. I think it's, like, beyond just having, like, the racist, com- the racist component to anything. Um, and not just racist, but, like, the nationalistic kind of, like... Because MMA is very nationalistic in general. But, like, fighters are only seen by a select group of people as temporary action figures. And, you know, they're meant to be bashed into one another, and then they're kind of thrown away. So there is always that component of, like, offense that your action figure has a problem with being an action figure. Right. Because you see it in pro wrestling, and again, most of MMA comes from pro wrestling, so it's only natural that, like, there's only natural that there's that issue, that, like, divide, and that conflict. So it's not a surprise that there are people who get offended when... Because that's something else that I... that I guess this is a hot take as well. I don't believe people want... People want fighter unions, and people want uh, collective bargaining, and people want fighters to have a bigger say until it impacts the product they watch on a weekly basis. Oh, dude. Like, remember when um, the UFC implemented their accidental fighter insurance thing? Right. The the program and, like, fighters started realizing, oh, I don't have to fight with, like, a torn ACL. Yeah, well, you see it now. And people were, like, there were actually fans on, like, SureDog and Twitter and the underground calling for the UFC to get rid of the program. So fighters actually have to fight. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, there there are always going to be people who, like, 
you want I made this comment when Mighty Mouse refused to fight TJ Dillashaw. People want fighters to have more say and they want them to do this, this. They don't really want it. Because then it's gonna impact the, you have to be willing to accept that that's gonna impact the product you see. If Tyron Woodley doesn't want to fight Kamaru Usman on short notice, as a fan, you can be disappointed, but that's his right. And that's that's something that you have to accept, especially if you want fighters like Tyron Woodley to have more say-so in what they do on a weekly basis, what they do with their careers, basically. Yeah. So you have to be willing to... And I guess the Tyron Woodley thing can go into another discussion we just had five minutes ago, but we're not going to do that again. But In a weird way, I think all fans are Dana White, whether they admit it or not. Dude, I don't... Like, there's a reason why... There's a reason why he got to where he was. And that's not to say that Dana's a bad person. It's He got there because there's a section of this audience that lives through him. And when people get pissed off... when That's another... I guess that's a hot take. People want Dana White more than they realize. Because they want Dana to say the things that they feel and then get mad at him for saying it. Like, when there's a bad fight and he rants and raves about it, Everybody agrees with him internally. They just don't like the fact that he's saying it. Like when Dana came out against Nganu Lewis, there was like a little bit of backlash, but I think that everybody internally felt the way he felt. He was just the one saying it. No, I I, I can pass for that one. That was um. <laughs> so it's like everybody everybody wants to be the, that was different. Right. Everybody wants to be the boss, and the fact that he's the boss who acts like the fan, I think, is what made him the star of the show. So, my, my my only hot take that I can think of is uh I, I don't know my <laughs> mighty my, mighty mouse's first loss in the UFC should have been to Miguel Torres. Get out of here! I was I was dying. What, on what that a deal. what a poop poop <laughs> take. <laughs> I'm dying on that. I deal. like how you have an actual hot take that's like not smoldering, whereas the anticold just is like launching grenades. I'm not a hot take kind of guy. He and I were just like we. <laughs> you're just like you know, Mighty Mouse lost to Miguel Torres. Like it's such a dire. <laughs> like if we can, I'm, can we can we be realistic for a second? You're like the the buildings coming down. There's like fire everywhere, and you're waiting on your order. You're like I'm not leaving until I get this food, and then. <laughs> Oh no, okay. I'm not a hot take kind same, of guy. In that same vein, I think that I will go to my grave believing Carlos Khan to be Robbie Lawler. I think that's popular opinion. And I would, I will be. go to my grave, and this is one we argued about before. Gus beat DC. I, I will forever, uh, forever believe it. I want to be with you on that one, but uh, I don't want to talk about that. That fight makes me angry. Well, I mean, he uh, was is, is racist against Swedes, so he's not gonna. Hey, he's not hey, gonna agree with me. I love Tamor, the Tamor brothers. I'm just saying. Uh, well, yeah, but you don't love first question. I mean, <laughs> I didn't get to know Poppy Betty. That, that's None my excuse. <laughs> you don't have to know someone right. to fall in love with them. <laughs> You're one of those love at first sight type of love guys. at first sight, and what a oh, sight man. it was! It's like a Disney movie. <laughs> Shout out to the MMA nerd. Uh, that was a great question. question. It was. That was. Oh. That was a great question. And I called, <laughs> killed the podcast. We're never gonna do another episode. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, 
You know what? TJ Dillashaw should have beat Dominic Cruz. There you go. Oh, my God. There's my hot take. There's my hot take. Uh, (laughs) I'm just glad we didn't get the cage versus ring hot take. Tired of that. I I do not like the ring. I don't either, but there are people who swear by it. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with with the diversity. So is that my hot take? I, I, I like the ring. Ugh. <laughs> is that my, is that my hot take? Ugh. I thoroughly enjoy the ring. Oh my god! <laughs> no, it's the worst I feel argument like... I've seen for the ring versus cage debate. No, mine is terrible. I know. My mine is purely based on aesthetics. aesthetics. And that's oh. fine. That's fine. You know, that's fine. You know what? That's fine. Because the worst argument I've ever seen for ring versus cage is it. They they want fights to feel realer. And where have you ever seen the cage outside of, like, an MMA event? And the dumbass didn't even think of, like, it's just a fucking fence. Where are you? 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 Where <laughs> I'm serious, it's actually bad. It uh, promotes gang culture. I mean, what doesn't these days? Right. <laughs> okay, there are certain things that promote gang culture that don't involve fucking swords. Hey, man. Hey, if all and games shields. do swords. <laughs> and shields? Well, I mean, shields are for protection, they're defense. Are you sure? Because right. I saw one guy get the shit kicked out of him with a shield. I'm not uh, believing that. <laughs> because he didn't use his shield properly. Exactly. <laughs> he should have been more prepared. I'm throwing up in my mouth. <laughs> it's just too much for me. It's too much to take. It looks like it looks like for honor footage in real life. Let the history nerds have that's... their thing, damn it. Well, no, but that's the problem as well. It's like one team has probably been training their whole lives in the gulags and in the fields of Russia for this Battle of the Nations where the other dude is just like a LARPer substitute tem- chemistry teacher. Well, he should have known what he, <laughs> he was getting into. Who's just like, I want to give this a <laughs> shot. I want to I want to feel my ancestral blood. And then he gets in there and he's beaten with a shield to death. I don't He needs to fan. know that this isn't a game. It's, it's called Battle of the Nations you know for what? a reason. He, he it needs just to... feels, it just feels, it feels like somebody watched too many episodes of Deadliest Warrior. And... Alright, hold on. So I'll, I'll ask this last question and then we'll go to the next first, one. So, uh, if you had, if there, if there was, you know, it's a Saturday night, you're you're forced to watch one of two things. You either have to watch Battle of the Nations or the Bare Knuckle FC. Yeah. Oh, how are you gonna do this to me? Yeah. <laughs> do I have a rope nearby? Do I have any? Oh no, you gotta you gotta issues? pick. You gotta you gotta watch one of these. Um, who's on who's on who's on Bare Knuckle FC? Is it anybody that I'm gonna be morally outraged to see? Ooh. I don't know who who do they have on their cards. But I'm saying like it's gonna be like like is Ken Shamrock fighting in the bare knuckle FC? Like I would be uncomfortable with that. Uh, Chris Lee. Be- Beck 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 Rawlings is is headlining because I feel like she's on every bare knuckle card, so she's fighting somebody in the headliner. And co co main event is uh who's an old guy who's still out here swinging that shouldn't be. Uh, uh, Chuck Tito four. Chuck Chuck Tito uh four. Is is it gonna be a bare knuckle fight? Uh, that's that's co that's co main event. What about watching Sean Merriman get in there into the bare knuckle fighting? There we go. Yeah. Uh, um, I guess like I gotta choose because I have to be a fair, a fair guest of the podcast. I would probably choose. 
I would probably choose bare knuckle FC. Because so those down, are athletes in general. It, so you're down for Phil Baroni versus Chris Lieben? <laughs> I mean, I'm down for that fight regardless. Like, you could give me Phil Baroni, Chris Lieben chess match, and I'm in. It could be like chess boxing. Uh, no, just chess in general. Like, you think, like, I'm fine for that. Give me Phil Baroni, Chris Lieben, like, triathlon, but it's nothing athletic. It's just, like, go-kart and <laughs> muscle poses. <laughs> Oh man! All right, we spent like twenty minutes on that one question. <laughs> ah, it this was is gonna a be good fun. question, and it 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 allowed the article his his feelings out, and he's very bottled up sometimes. So that's good. I really am. This next question, this next question, which is not MMA related, uh, this comes from at Fight Stance JC. Uh, shout outs to him and the uh, Fight Stance podcast. Um, his question is: What's the most valuable life lesson you would pass on to your children? Um, so I'm going to go out and say, I would assume, unless you guys have been living a secret life I don't know about, that none of us have children. Not to my knowledge. Not the same. <laughs> I was talking about anti-cool. What are you laughing about? I don't have any, any, any younglings. Young, young, young lords. I have a dog. Um, Does that count? Yeah, I know. We hear her every podcast. Yeah. She, she is a valued member of this podcast. What is the uh, most life valuable life lesson you would pass on to her? Uh, to my dog? Yeah. Um, don't have dogs. Don't have a, yeah. Don't have dogs. <laughs> it, it, it'd probably be something along the lines of if you run away while you're not on the leash, we can't find you and you can't come home. Because <laughs> her dumb self, like she's gotten out like three times and she's ran down the street. All the way to the park oh, to like go out. No, she went to the safe zone. No, like she ran all the way there, and some like thank God when the neighbors saw her because he chased her all the way there, and I guess she thought they were playing tag, so she ran back down the street. <laughs> <laughs> so you can train your dog to play tag, but you can't train your dog to stay in the house. But she tag is natural apparently because that's all she wants to do. Oh, that's good. At least she's active. She's an athlete. Yeah, she needs to be in Battle of the Nations. <laughs> yeah. what if she's a golden retriever. Oh, 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 oh. I, I have a golden retriever. They're dumb. They are. They're clown dogs. <laughs> they are the PFL of the dog, uh, <laughs> the dog world, of the canine species. Oh, man. Uh, Valuable... Sensei, you want to go with a life lesson? Uh, what, what, what have I learned in my 29 years kind of fumbling around here? Um, I, don't know. I guess mine would be don't be a dick. That's what I got. Um, I don't know. A little mini-me. What would I tell my little mini-me? Um, I feel like I tell them a lot and not a lot at the same time. I want them to figure things out. <laughs> this is a deep question I was not expecting on a podcast about MMA. I was not either. Um, you know what? I feel like you don't have to go too deep. I think you keep it really. Funny. No, no I, feel like most, I like it. I like that it's a deeper question. Yeah, I feel like most of the best life lessons are actually like the the most simple. You just have to drill them over and over again so that you don't. 
you know, fall off the wagon. So I, I would tell my little mini-me, um, something all of your parents told you, and it sounds cliche and dumb, but it's true. Um, like, you, you just can't run from your problems. Um, the faster you try to solve them, the, the quicker you can just kind of move on. Mm. So, uh, don't, don't be like your old man. <laughs> don't, put, don't put things off until they just blow up in your face and then you're forced to deal with it. Like, the minute you notice a problem and something's a little off and out of whack, you gotta nip it in the bud as soon as you can. Don't, don't be like me. Don't wait till things just explode and then you're in this mass scramble just trying to patch your life. <laughs> you're trying to patch everything back together after it exploded. Like, contain the explosion before it goes off. Life, life will be a lot kinder to you if you can you know nip, nip things in the bud early it'll make life so much smoother this thing went to a dark place man <laughs> don't let your life be in shambles solve your problem <laughs> i guess it's me now huh mm-hmm. uh yeah. simple and, I, and it's i wish it was something that i learned a lot when i was a lot younger listen to people people will ultimately tell you what they want from you if you listen people will ultimately tell you what they want fixed in their lives if you listen the ability to listen and understand what people are telling you when they're talking to you is such an important tool to get along with everybody in life to get further in life um always listen to people always try to understand them always try to hear them out even if they're mad at you they may be telling you something about yourself you might actually really need to hear so i would say if i had to talk to a younger me um listen and then think and then speak because listening is a key part of life that I don't think a lot of people do these days. And you can get so much farther if you just listen to people when they're talking to you. Or not just talking to you, but in general. Think of all the world problems that could be solved if people listen to one another. And then stopped and thought, like, okay, well, what does that really mean? What are they trying to tell me? And then you could probably solve most of your problems. You wouldn't have to run from them. You you would there we you go. Would, there you double, go double whammy you, yeah and I'm trying to find a way to tie an anti goals point but his point was what <laughs> don't be a dick don't be a dick yeah there you go <laughs> don't be a dick listen to people and then you don't have to run from your problems and then when they put the leash on you you can walk <laughs> <with them. laughs> if you listen to the stop they'll just put the leash on you and take you out so it works out exactly there you go there we go. Trifecta. It all. It, everything's connected. Fun question. Somehow. Fun question about right. life. There you go. Appreciate that. Uh, Feistans JC, appreciate the question. Salute. Oh, boy, this next one. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes, one of those. Uh, at Kitty36238536. Is this a bot? <laughs> yeah, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm reading about, it anyway. Are they about to sell me some, like, insurance or no no but no uh, it's real <laughs> go ahead uh this, this question is <laughs> how can we get Brendan shove to release his dick pic quicker he said he'd do it if may mac didn't go all 12 rounds okay let's start from the beginning, <laughs> start from the very beginning. why would you want to see that um why would you want to see that i that is that wasn't the question. Apparently, Kitty's a big fan. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> There's somebody out there for everybody. 
Joey. That I understand, but perhaps we need to we, we need to reconsider. <laughs> because if it's going to be out there for you, it's going to wind up being out there for me. And and it's going to wind up coming up on this thing. And so I'm going <laughs> to put these headphones on, I'm going to plug in, I'm going to be like, oh man, four hours, got to do this podcast, got to cover all the important topics, got to bring something new to the table. And then as the headphones touch my ears, I'm going to hear, so Brendan Schaub's dick pics were out today. And I'm like, you're never going to accomplish anything. I mean, uh, oh, do we want to see it for scale? I guess. I guess he does. I mean, thanks, I'm thanks to fucking WBC's Twitter, I now know how big Canelo's dick is. <laughs> Notice how Sensei and I have no idea. Because you don't follow the WBC on Twitter. I do not. <laughs> I do not. What is that, World Boxing Cox? Is that what... Because <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'm a... I don't want to be a part of that. Oh, that was man. the worst part of... It was like a weigh-in picture. That, that oh, they got God. from the side. <laughs> well, oh, I hope that... Uh, I hope he's at least, you know, represented well. I don't know what so that is. So it necessarily <laughs> was the question itself, because we'd have to... Uh, wouldn't we have to bring, like, a court order? I mean, we could sue him. Yeah, that's like, yeah, we have to be like, Your Honor, he promised the PP pictures, and we don't have... He, did, he, did, he didn't deliver. He didn't deliver on them. Um, you could catfish him. Um, I would say you could catfish him. But conversely, him. couldn't he retur- in return send you pics of someone else's PP? I mean, hey, you're not... I mean, unless... I mean, she she doesn't know, though. Like, if, if that's... if I feel like a fair game, like, if you catfish him and he catfished you. It's not like you know anyway, so... Yeah, it's just like two swords crossing in the night. You, you guys can both live in a fantasy world. Can I call you okay? All I can say is tw- Twitter's a powerful tool. I feel like people put themselves out there on Twitter for anything. So, I don't know. Just I feel like Brenda's shop would, like, fuck up. Like, 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 if he was trying to catfish somebody, he would just, like, send a picture and just be black. <laughs> well, isn't his nickname Big Black? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, done a match? He's like, kind of like, like matches. It's like that Keenan Peel skit where, like, the, the black kid has a white dick. <laughs> Maybe he had a grease fire. You never know. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, just hop into the DMs. Just go into the DM. Or ask, pol- have you asked politely? Yeah. That is also true. You, you never know until you ask. Yeah. Maybe you just forgot. You gotta put yourself off. Don't now. be a you dick, gotta... and you'll see the dick. Exactly. There you and go. Then... You know what? I think we're gonna end the question on that. I think that. We're gonna have to have... Did we? I don't know if we, we really did shop on the show. Was that a real person who asked that question, by the way? Or was that like a Stokes in, in no, a... I think it was. No, no, no. I think Stokes with an alt. That was a real person. That was a real person. Not, I, I actually appreciate that question. Thank you very much. It's disappointing oh, that we could do a UFC card and get three questions. But we we take questions and we get one about Brandon Schaub's <laughs> yeah. Big Black. And I'm not happy these, with it. These, these are the, the burning questions. And stuff. I'm frustrated. I want to... Oh. I want to uh, I'm going to hold out for more money the next time you guys ask me to get on here. <laughs> That's fine. We got we got a nice mix of uh, life questions. No, that was whatever that I don't I don't know what I don't know what category that question falls on. That was a real one-two punch right there. 
right. This this next what one is a little more. What category does that question fall under? Yeah, I don't know. Um, that... Powerful. <laughs> <laughs> this this next one's a little more, uh, you know, on, on the path. Uh, at Craig Allen FNP, uh, his question is: When will the UFC's marketing team get into full swing for UFC 229? It started when he when McGregor threw that trolley into the bus. <laughs> you gotta get here's here's the problem. You gotta get the people to actually want to do the promotion. It doesn't sound like Connor apparently wants to do the promotion. So, I mean, let's be real. Like, why would he want it at this point? Because he's gonna make more money. I mean, he's gonna make money regardless. No, they have a video. A... They have a video of him throwing a trolley into a bus <laughs> full of fighters. So, did you guys see like the initial trailer that was yeah, released? Yeah, you, when that you fight and I argued out? about it. You and I had a serious like back and forth about it. I feel like they missed like a golden opportunity. I thought it was because I thought that. I thought it was terrible. I know you told it, me that you you expressed, and it's <laughs> and it's not not terrible from the sense of like I, I knew they were gonna use the dolly to hype hype this fight. I don't know. I just feel like it was. I feel like they. All right. I mean, obviously you can't tell the future, but I feel like we all at least hoped that this would be a fight we were gonna see. Like I feel like somebody should have been working on this trailer for a long time. Like this should have been they like this. Did. I still think they did. I think that this was this this took time. To me, this looked like oh, this fight got announced. I found out at five thirty by seven. I need a trailer. <laughs> you want to know what I think? You want to know what I think? Heard it? It didn't have like a big song to it. It it that. just had like noise, like scattered noise. Yeah, and like I like uh, and I, I can't think of any like off the top of my head now. But I know there were other trailers I've watched where like. I was like invested, like, oh, this looks, this trailer is making this fight look way more awesome than it's probably going to be, but this trailer just, I'm invested now. When you I know, saw this, I was like. Yeah, like, I got you. You know what, trailer's kind of like that, not to cut it off, but they've, they, they, they've done a good job with the Montano Shevchenko stuff. I don't know if you you had to have seen it during the during the card for Gaethje against Vic. They showed it every five minutes, but, like, they told a really good story there. So I get what you're saying, like, about doing more with it it just felt like a collection of clips and sounds uh yeah. but i but like again you have to convince connor to want to say anything like yeah like the um what, i'm thinking back to like when they did the all double mcgregor stuff um like they they they, they obviously had like access to connor yeah. like all they have are clips my my one critique will be they should have done like the Stone Cold Steve Austin glass break with the trolley at the uh, the window. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say though, like, cause this fight doesn't happen until like October. Yep. They've got time. So yeah, they they've still got time to I mean, you know still, we, we, we'll see another. Still trying to sell next week's card. Like it was all like the Invicta card that was like eight or nine fights was like four hours long because every other like break they had they were advertising UFC 228 yeah so I, I think we've still got time I, I think it'll be a, a tall tale if, if we get around to like the first week of October or like late um of this month and we're not seeing more than maybe if Connor's not fucking you know. talking by uh if he's not talking by if he's not talking by the Moscow card I think we can start getting concerned Right. Now, can I use right. a question? Can I take this great question? Because it was a great question. 
and add it, add my own question. Can yep. I layer questions here for you two? I mean, we've do been you... doing it so far. Inaccurate. <laughs> Inaccurate. Well, how how far do you want me to? How far do you expect us to take Brendan Jobs hog? <laughs> Realistically, <laughs> I dare you to say what you were about to say because I know what you are. <laughs> I dare you. I dare you. We're not continuing oh, until I hear that. <laughs> I was gonna ask how far do you want to ride it. I was gonna say I don't want you to continue. Just stop. <laughs> I don't want. <laughs> Apparently, the trajectory, if you ride it, like you go from him to <sighs> Travis Brown, so I don't, I don't want that problem in my life. Anyways, <sighs> anyways, get back, get back on track. <laughs> Sensei, this is your pod. You got to pull us. Okay, look. Do you think that they added Tony Ferguson? Stop laughing. Do you think that they added Tony Ferguson, Anthony Pettis, because they are concerned? that there's not going to be enough promotion to sell the fight to the level they want it to go. I was thinking more so, well, that that could be part of it. I was thinking they were afraid that somehow this fight might not happen and one of those two would be a replacement. Yeah. And you could just kind of, like, flip the matchups around somehow. Like they, so they, if, they chose, like, the one guy who they're not sure is going to show up for work. With the other two guys, <laughs> and, 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 wait, no, like the, who like just decides like at the last minute, like doesn't want to do press or, or whatever, and gets can get pulled from the fight that way. And then they chose three guys who have spent most of their careers dealing with like long term injuries. So this is gonna be fun. Stay on the treadmill, Dustin. Exactly, <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah. I, I, yeah. Here, <laughs> here's like my. We know that undercards don't matter because we've seen that an undercard with nothing on it can do can do good numbers. So I wonder if they got a little they're getting a little concerned that Connor's not talking. Connor's not saying anything. Um Khabib can only do so much. Khabib can only do so much without I guess Ali tweeting for him. So you're kind of stuck. You might not have a card that has a lot of promotion from your two top fighters. So they added a little depth on the undercard. Because this undercard could be nothing, but they've got Michelle Watterson on it. They've got uh, Ferguson against Pettis. They've got uh, Volkov Lewis. Like, they've added some good fights to it. So I wonder if they're getting a little nervous. See, my thought process was mm. that they added Pettis versus Ferguson. So the winner of that, presumably Ferguson, would like have an audience... And you could just get on the microphone and call out the winner in the main event. Right. You would hope that, but they don't like Tony Ferguson. So I, don't I mean, but they need something. Justin Gaethje isn't putting essence in the seats, apparently. So. Or eyeballs in. Uh... Or eyeballs so on the screen. So weird. Didn't he do like what? Was, what was the numbers for that? Five just... nine six. Right. Yeah. Just doesn't make sense. What do? That's crazy. What do fans want? Like, what do you guys? They want to. The best part was like the excuse, like the KSI Logan Paul fight took attention from it, but MMA's MMA was on. No, yeah. none of those dudes are going to. None of the people who pay for the Logan Paul KSI fight. Yeah, are watching the UFC. Yeah. Not yeah. only that, they're, they're, those, those audiences. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think those audiences not, overlap that much. Yeah, not only that, but like, we've seen boxing and MMA on the same night, and they both do well. 
like Triple G against Canelo was on the same night as as Rockhold against the True Goat David Branch, and they both did good numbers. Like they can share an audience. There's no one or the other. So I people just don't like Justin Gaethje for some reason. Don't know why. Fans are weird because they're he's, weird. He's too. He's too. Yeah. He may be too white. Ooh. Because I think that there are people out there who genuinely think he's like some kind of redneck. Hmm. Really? Yeah, like you, like there are people who think he's like some. You know what it is? I think it was Michael Johnson who was like he's like inbred, <laughs> and I think that the audience <laughs> just never they've just never shaken that. But it's just like if you were drawing up a fighter who could pop a TV number, it would be Justin Gaethje, and he can't move anybody. Yeah, I'm like if he, yeah if he can't move the needle, I don't really know. Uh, yeah, Maybe it's that's, just that's... too freaking weird. Like, you you hear about him wanting to fucking die in the cage, and it just makes you feel bad. And I you don't, don't you, you just you don't want to be part of that. I, don't know. I, I guess I like I just don't understand. Like, especially in this, and that's another thing. This division one fifty five is so loaded, but like the numbers they do outside of Connor is so weird. Is Kevin Lee a big draw? Because he does pretty good TV numbers, but he doesn't like. You know, relatively speaking. You know, I don't know. If, I don't know if he's moving a pay-per-view needle though. I don't know if. Like Tony, Fer- yeah, Tony I Ferguson, I can understand people not getting. He's he's a, he's strange. He's a very weird man. But well, he's a great man. He's a great man, but a weird man. All great men are eccentric. No. Um, he's a real life cartoon character. He is the epitome of the anti-cools. Could you see this guy doing another job? No. Right. <laughs> Could you imagine walking into like a restaurant and Tony Ferguson's your waiter? Like, I'm not taking the food. <laughs> nah, it's good, man. Don't worry about it. Yeah, like when he retires, we need eyes on him. Somebody needs to make sure he's taken care of because this guy's gonna. Yeah, you get him and not him not fighting just doesn't make sense. Like I just I don't know. But then I don't even know if he could open his own gym. I feel like his training would just scare everybody away. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude, I think I'd need a gym too. Like a pole was part of my right. <laughs> like it's like those Ann Mer- uh, Ann Wolf videos. Have you ever seen like her training at her gym, like with yeah. with her kids, where she's like throwing medicine balls at them while they're trying to do push ups? Yeah, it be know. it would He's be like friend. that. I don't know, man. I don't know if you guys saw. It was like a month or two ago, and I don't know why I just randomly thought of this. So, like, there's this city in Japan that had a ninja shortage, and I feel like Tony Ferguson would, be per- <laughs> would like, be perfect. Because they pay, like, 80 grand a year. And, like, you get to perform at, apparently, like, all these, like, prestigious ceremonies. No, and, because Tony Ferguson you know, would think that shit is real. <laughs> <laughs> he really hit somebody with a shirt. It's all fun and games until you give him a katana. <laughs> Oh man, that is true. Yeah, that might not be a good idea. I, I, don't, I don't want to see Tony behind bars. But uh, yeah, I tried. I tried. Tried to put yeah, it out there. Give it a couple weeks. See, UFC two twenty nine marketing will kick in. We better. So, we better oh. hope. We better hope. Uh, next question. I, I think you I guys. I wonder if there's just to wrap that question up. I wonder if they're concerned just about the political and I guess geographical comments that would come up. You know what I mean? Like, because Connor's already talking about a true Chechen, a true Dagestani. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I guess, the, like, would you be worried about that? Before going to Moscow? 
Yeah, I guess that's a good point, too. Just in general, like, because this is Conor's the guy who, when he hypes a fight, he goes all, he goes full, full bore. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I would, I would be a little concerned. Might be getting too real. Maybe, and, maybe quiet, they'll just be just quiet. Good. Maybe they'll be quiet until, like, they'll just unleash the storm, like, that week of, or, like, a couple oh, of Oh, I'm sure he's going to, he's going to show up at some point. But if I'm the UFC's promotional team, the question is absolutely valid. Like, what do I have to work with? You you have that clip of what uh, Khabib saying Raja three hundred million <laughs> Ireland thirty million, and you've got the bus, and you got the bus, and the true star of the bus is poor Artem Lobov who's standing there looking like he just caused the world's biggest fucking when you tell on when you tell on your brother and your mom beats the shit out of him kind of face. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, damn, I'm not getting paid for oh, that. Oh, man. So this, this next question is, like, it's not worded in... I think I know what they were trying to ask, but they didn't, like, word it as a question, but I'll just read it anyway. So at 357MMA, um, his, I guess, quote-unquote question, uh, he just says, how about conspiracies in MMA? Uh, Brock's uh, PEDs when fighting Hunt, for example, or John Jones, oh, okay. quote-unquote, tainted um, supplement. So, yeah, I think I get, like, what he's trying to ask. Um... I don't think they're conspiracies. I think they're pretty cut and dry. I think that, you know, the Vitor Belfort one was um, one part the UFC got caught in a bad spot, and one part the Fertitas were very close with Vitor Belfort. They trained together, like they would work out together. So I think that that wasn't a conspiracy so much as it was just kind of like a... Uh... And I think they were also mad at John Jones. So I think they kind of knew he was a little over, or not a little over, way over, and just kind of let it go. I think the Brock one, they got caught off guard because he was getting tested and they just didn't get the results back in time. Um, what will be another conspiracy? MMA conspiracy. The Frank Shamrock one. With, not Frank Shamrock. The uh, Ken Shamrock, Rich Franklin thing that everybody thinks was a dive. Like, yeah, I guess it would just be like a bunch of like dives and stuff. Um, um, they yeah, had to have dives. You no, know, one that I think is real. Um so we had uh, the dude bang uh, bang cunts, bang cunts, whatever. No, 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 no. You did that on purpose. <laughs> no, I, like I don't remember how to say his name. I'm I'm dead serious. Leo Kuntz. It's Leo Kuntz. Okay. Um, you just so, happened to forget that it wasn't cunts. All right. So I, I haven't seen it. I haven't now we've got it now we've, since that fight. So now we've got a new conspiracy. So I I don't like the. I, I get this a lot when I post, like, Night Of, and, like, you know, I, I got it when the DJ fight happened. Uh, the DJ uh, Cejudo fight. The UFC hates uh, Mighty Mouse. That's why Cejudo won, blah, blah, blah. Okay. All that bullshit. I got so, you. So, the, the UFC does not pick winners. Like, like they don't go to the judges and be like, and they're like, oh, um, you know, we want so-and-so to win. This isn't like boxing, where one promotion is flying out the judges and like putting them up and like, you know, that could lead to some reason that could lead to some biases on their part because, right. you know, both fighters are promoted by the UFC and obviously, and you know, sometimes one, they want one guy to win, but they're not going to go out and say, you know, we, we want Cejudo to win. Yeah. You don't risk a billion dollar enterprise on, uh, on one, one dude, fight. Yeah. It, no matter who it is. Right. Especially in today's day and age where it's just about, quantity over quality there you go so but 
I do believe there are gyms out there who will pay the other guy to take a dive. Like I, I am, like I, I fully believe that, like, uh, for like a lot of these like prelim cards where they got guys coming up, like they'll throw the other guy like a ten like a ten thousand dollars to just you know stop fighting in the third round or something like that. You mean on UFC events or in general? I, uh, in general, but on UFC events too. Like I, I don't I think anybody on a prelim card on a UFC event has ten thousand dollars to throw around. Uh, if you're at a big gym, I mean, like I still don't believe that. Not not this sport. There's not a ten thousand dollars is way too generous. Mm. I, and I, I I will say that I think it probably happens on regional cards. You know what? I, I, I kind of, you know what I kind of, since you mentioned that, I believe that I wonder if managers get together and it's like, hey, I've got this prospect coming up. Do you have a guy who can lose to him? And then I'll return the favor to you when you have a prospect coming up. Oh, yeah, 100%. Which, I mean, I, I, is that unethical? Is it illegal? I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's unethical. I don't think it's illegal. Well, maybe unethical, maybe, but not illegal, probably. Yeah, probably unethical, not not illegal. I'm trying to think of other conspiracy theories. I'm trying to think of other conspiracy theories. What about uh? I don't know if that counts as conspiracy. The whole DST greasing. <laughs> would that would that count as a conspiracy? Because that was a thing once upon a time. Um. Like DSP was a, a allegedly a, allegedly a greaser. Well, he did it, didn't he? Didn't he like wipe him? Like, didn't they see him do it? Or uh, I'm so I I don't know if that was ever like confirmed. I remember that. that being a big deal, and then but it was uh, definitely a, yeah, it was definitely a big deal for a while. I remember that being a big deal, and then Anderson Silva like before a fight literally wiped grease all over his body. Yeah. So and, that, and then people were just kind of like, oh, okay, I guess this is a problem. Anikul, can you cross sports with me for a minute? Who's that? Edwin Valero. Are you familiar with the Edwin Valero story? No. What's, what's this? You never heard of Edwin Valero? Uh, not to my knowledge. Oh man, get to get to break some break some fight talk. So Edwin Valero was a big time like Latin American, like super featherweight coming up. And he had killer knockout power, and he was fighting primarily outside of the U.S. because of all kinds of issues, legal, health-related. And he got to a certain level, and then he, um, he, he started making like his debut on like Showtime and on pay-per-view. And I think he beat Robert, Guerre uh, Robert Guerrero. I think he beat Kid Diamond. I'm going to look him up again. I want to make sure I'm accurate about Edwin Valero's fight history. And then... He died. Oh, not he died. He got arrested. Allegedly for, uh, I don't know if it was murdering his wife or beating his wife. And so, yeah, he was, he was arrested on suspicion of killing his wife. And then they found him in jail, hung up. Like, he hung himself. And for a long time, that was like the, uh, that was just like, you know, he just, he, he couldn't deal with it, could deal with the guilt. And recently... There's been some skepticism that he was murdered because he owed money to some gang or whatever in Venezuela. So that him, him and his wife were murdered. 
So I was going to ask you if you had any thoughts about that, but you've never even heard of Edwin Valero, which is really crazy. He beat Antonio DeMarco. I've never heard that story. Um, Serious? Look, look, now you have, now you have homework. That definitely, that sounds like a crazy 30 for 30. Wait. Because he wait, was, wait, 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 um, Is this the Argentinian dude? Venezuelan. Okay. Um, I think it was Venezuelan. Wait. Yeah, Venezuela. Parts of, parts of this sound familiar to another story I remember hearing. So how did they, like, tie him into him owing money? Like, how did that part? His whole, like, people who know him swear he would never, like, he was never that kind of guy or whatever. Which is, you know, that's natural for people who are close to somebody who is accused of something to believe that. But that's the genuine, like, there are genuine people who think he was murdered. So, I want an Anticle's opinion on it, but he doesn't know who Edwin Valero is. Yeah, sorry, um... <laughs> you just because no, this sounds familiar. Like Dude, it was like six years ago. Even not knowing that that sounds plausible though. Like I feel like they're uh, I don't know how to put this. Some <laughs> it's like a dark MMA underworld. You know, pe- people tied into things they probably shouldn't be mixed around. In. I mean, the, I, I think one of the biggest fight promotions of all time was linked in with the Japanese mafia. It's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah, so I, I could definitely see that, like, being a, a thing. And then it just, unfortunately, like, it'll be one of those things where, like, his his family will probably never get true closure. Like, the truth will probably just always just kind of be tucked away. Like, the people who really know will just kind of look the other way. Yeah. What, what's another MMA conspiracy that we can talk about? Can we talk about the Jones thing? So I wanted to ask about his, because I, I kind of, my memory's a little hazy. So the Jones uh, DC um, test. So, like, didn't he pass the pre one and then fail the post one? Was that the what happened? The cocaine one or the steroid test one? No, the, the, the steroid Dude, one. I don't remember. I just remember that, like, his allegation is that after weigh-ins, he took a drink and he thinks somebody put whatever the chemical was, whatever the PED related item was in his drink cause that <laughs> I guess I'll throw myself out there just for the sake of it that could be a, and and I might be remembering this wrong so don't fully quote me on this but like if that was what happened that he passed the pre one and failed the post one I don't know maybe hot take maybe he did get set up cause to me that doesn't that just doesn't make sense I like, think, God, what was it? I, I can't remember if there, there was like a freaky time, like like the time distance between the test he failed and the test he passed, or the, not the test he failed, but the one, the positive and the negative is like so close that it's like he would have had to have done right. it immediately. Yeah, but who like would that, that to me that, I don't know, I, I, but like it just, it doesn't, and all right, I, I, I don't take steroids, so I don't <laughs> like know how this all works but i'd imagine it's if you take a steroid i'm not gonna say like the next day you just turn into the hulk i I would imagine like i don't think it's like an immediate or maybe maybe it is i don't i don't know but the way i remember it is like yeah like you said like the the time between the first test that he passed and then the one that he failed is so close that it doesn't make sense that uh, john john is probably a lot of things (laughs) 
I don't think John is dumb enough to, like, take a steroid, like, the day before. I don't know. Like, it just, I feel like there was something around that whole, like, controversy. There's something that we don't know about that happened. Like, I would not be surprised years later we find out somebody on the load set John Jones up for that one. And that's not to excuse all of the other, like, wildness he's done. <laughs> I don't think that plays into it because, like, maybe you'd give him the benefit of the doubt. But then uh, he has so much other, so many other weird yeah. things around him. By the way, uh, Anna Cole, uh, Ringside Report has kind of an article on it, on Edwin Valero. I got it up. Okay. Um, yeah, so. It's just weird. What other conspiracies are there out there? Like, just going back to the Jones one, didn't, wasn't the only test they did, the, the first test, wasn't it just like a pee test and then they took a blood test? I can't remember. Yes, yeah, yeah. I can't yeah, remember, I don't remember, and he like was in the, front of the... the I wish I still had your California State Athletic Commission John Jones, like, pod in front of me. Because that was probably the best things you guys had done, so... Yeah. I, like, I, I know... Because I know the, the drug he tested for doesn't show up in your, like, in a piss test. It only shows up in a blood test. But there was, like, some, like... I can't remember who it was. I think it was um the dude from Buddy Elbow who was, like... Uh, turnable, turn uh, ter, what's it called? Turnable, yeah, something, something like that. Um, it's like Last a weird, it, it's like a weird drug, like they, like they don't. I, I can't remember specifics. It's something along the lines of like they don't understand like how it works, in terms of like drug testing, which is really weird. Like it, it was all this bizarre shit, the science stuff that I pay zero attention to. Um, so, um, USADA is a conspiracy. Oh man, it's mean, your hot take. You waited like four hours to throw your hot take. Dude, dude. <laughs> USADA, man. That... USADA is not like my my whole like, argument I'm... for USADA was that it's there to stop the. It's there for the UFC to be less responsible when for when somebody eventually dies in the octagon. I think that, they, well, that. I mean, let's be realistic. USADA's there because they wanted to sell. That too. So, and it's, you know what? To their credit, though, they could have gotten rid of it, but they haven't. And I think, but I also think that's because they're going to sell again. So, Seven billion dollars. Oh, there's my hot take, I guess. The UFC will be sold again by 2020. Who would be dumb enough? Uh. Dude, you cannot, we can't say that. We can't say who will be dumb enough in this sport. We know who's dumb enough. Everybody who gets involved in this sport is dumb enough. Yeah, I was going to say, if, if PFL can still get funding from... Kevin Hart. God knows who they're getting. <laughs> right. <laughs> Somebody's buying the UFC. Kevin this one, Hart. And, I just want uh, Kevin Hart to be in, like, Ray Cooper's corner. <laughs> what if Kevin Hart fights? Who? Who could Kevin Hart fight? Like, what way is he coming in at? Oh. What's That's below flyweight? Dude, you can't you can't say that because his calves are huge. I he, he's 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 actually pretty fit. He, yeah, he is pretty fit. Stokes he against probably Kevin be Hart like a BFL. Give me one reason why not. It's an easy million dollar payday for Stokes. For sure. There we go. Stokes is not negotiating himself a million dollar payday. Get out of here. I'm talking about the, I'm talking I'm talking tournament. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. <laughs> could Stokes uh, make it through? Could he make it through the brackets, though? I don't know now. Uh, I, he, I mean, I trust Stokes. I think he can do it. We'll get you the top flight training that you need. 
Somehow. You, can go, you can go to alpha male. There you go. What we need. If you're not, if, 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 if your hatred for TJ can't fuel you to get to the finals, I don't know. Oh, you know, man. I mean, <laughs> Kevin Hart would bang one against alpha male with Stoke. There we go. There we go. We got storylines. There we go. <laughs> Actually, that, um, the whole UFC being so somewhat kind of sort of ties into this next question mm-hmm. in a very roundabout yeah. way. Uh, next that was question a good question, by from, the way. Uh, Thank you to whoever. Whoever said that. Conspiracy theories are always fun. Except um, with at Fight Stance uh, Flex, who uh, also shout out to him from the Fight Stance podcast. His question is, uh, when Dana White steps down from his pres- uh, presidency, what state of success will the UFC be in? And then the follow-up to that is, will he, will he step down simply to retire or will he be compelled by failure? That one. I think I think Dan's gonna probably do this until he's like Bob Arum. Uh, um. Ooh, I had a. I, I okay. This is hard for me. I guess I had a. I don't know if that would have been a conspiracy theory, would it? Um. I believe in a perfect world he would have retired, and Chael Sonnen would have taken over. In like. 2015-2016. Around the sale time. I think he would have probably stepped down. But I think he's going to do this until he... Because what necessarily does he do? Try to start like a, a boxing this... promotion? There you go. There you go. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, realistic, he walks, realistically, he, he, walks and he talks. shows up, like, once a month. He talks in front of the cameras, like, once a month. Um... This isn't like 2010, 11, 12, where he was in front of every event talking shit about everything. He shows up once a month or so, gives a few press conference quotes, and then splits out. Like, I don't think that he's... I don't want to say he's invested. I just think that he's not required to do as much. Because these shows make money regardless of what he's saying now. So it's like, he got the TV deal. He originally told Ariel Hawani he would have considered retirement when they were talking about the next Fox deal or the next TV deal, he was like, oh, you know, maybe that will be time. Well, we got the next deal, and he's not going anywhere. So I think he'll do this until... I think he'll stay around as long as he can keep getting some paydays. Kind of like how you said this, it'll be sold again in, like, 2020. <laughs> if he can eke out a few more of those kind of deals, I think we'll see him around for... For a while, I don't think he'll leave by failure. I mean, he hasn't failed. He's I, no, I, th- I think he will only be. Comp- that's the only thing that can compel him to stop. I think it would take a serious. Uh, it would take a serious something. A know? scandal, or something, or a health a other health a, that too. <laughs> a scandal, a scandal, or we we get to a place where there are no more Connors. <laughs> nobody's moving the needle anymore and he just slowly backs away he's just bored I want to focus on the first half of this question though what state will the UFC be in when he decides to leave ooh here's a hot take I think that's a I think that's a Here, here's a hot take a worse one do you want me to explain that nah yes, yes, yes. no you don't want me to yes, yes. no 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 go ahead go ahead, go ahead. no it sounds like someone else is just like i don't want to hear this uh, i don't want to say nothing we just talked about well, no. oh no i thought you said a worse take from no, before no worse state it'll oh, be okay 
well, it'll be worse relative to fan interest. I don't know if it'll be better or worse in terms of how. Because I'd have to imagine that at some point or another, maybe having somebody a little bit more professional uh, and maybe a little bit more hands-on in terms of like show-to-show probably would be better for fighters and whatever. But this audience, the core of this audience, the heart of this MMA, the UFC audience, they want him there. Look at how they treated Tom Wright, how they treated Gary Cook, um, Dave Schaller. Not that they were mean to them, but they were like, oh, bring Dave. Like, this is not a real press conference if Dana's not there. So the, the fans still repre- they still recognize him as their guy. And those fans, as long as they're going to be around, they're going to continue to want him to be there. And so I think when he leaves, we're going to get a whole bunch of you're either going to get a fake Dana or you're going to get somebody who's so normal that they're not going to, that fans are just going to reject them. So that is my take. Yeah. I think whenever he does leave, I'm not going to say the UFC will be on a downslide, but it might be like, he'll either jump ship. I don't think he'll be along the boat as it's like (laughs) sinking completely. He'll leave when it's like that first hole got poked in the ship and water's starting to, you know, leak. And then like once it starts to touch his toes, I think he'll find a way to he'll he'll, he'll squirm on out of there. Um, yeah, I think the next person who comes in after him is probably not. I don't know if they're gonna be ready. Like I feel like no matter what they do, no matter how good their intentions are. <laughs> It's going to be like when Goodell took over for, um, God, what was the... Tagliabu. Tagliabu. I think, no. well, and I don't like Goodell, but that's that's a whole other conversation. But I feel like no matter what Goodell wanted to do, like, it was just going to be a hard road ahead. And I feel like whoever takes up after Dana, God bless their little, their little heart. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they're just some... You know, like, some people are just, like, really likable. They're really charismatic. They have that special it. Like, unless it's one of those kind of people, I think they are going to be in for some rough... At least from fans. Fighters might be different, but fans might chew them a lot. I mean, Anna Cole has said this before, and he's absolutely right. Look at what kind of a person do you have to be to be in MMA or combat sports on a yearly basis? Dealing with everything that goes wrong in the sport running as many events as you do, dealing with all the backstage stuff that probably happens that we never hear about. Like how like the burnout rate has gotta be tremendous. So it's like you're gonna it's like replacing Bob Arum. There's just gonna be no way. Yeah. Like if they, they they'll come in that sport a good person and they'll they'll get their it's like those, like those before and after <laughs> president shots where you see them they look, right. they look totally normal and then when they're done they're gray. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. Burnt like, out. Who would like you... Re- okay, how about this? Who would you replace Dana with? Some corporate stiff. I don't, some corporate, I don't some know. Some corporate stiff. No, 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 my, my... I'd go the Heyman route. Like, you, you have a president in name, or at least in, like, theory, and then it's literally just a bunch of dudes running the thing behind the scenes with a spokesperson every once in a while. That's kind of what it is now, I think. I believe. My fear is that it's going to be like, if they're still with WME, it's just going to be some random Hollywood schmuck. Goodness gracious. Like... <laughs> That's about as harsh That's as my... the language as you've ever used. 
that's my fear. That's my worst case scenario. Is they're just gonna grab and the the whoever they grab, like he'll probably in his mind, he's not doing anything wrong. Like he just wants to have fun, but like he doesn't really know how <laughs> like things are supposed to go, and he's just kind of I don't know. As much as Dana gets on my nerves, I'm almost afraid for what comes after him because I don't. Like you said, it, it takes a you gotta be a different kind of person to really run a sport like this, and I just I don't know I don't know who comes after him. DC, unless in a perfect world maybe <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> let's let's do that. That'd shows be the only to, other option. Shows up to a presser. His his uh, he's got like a suit top tucked into sweats. <laughs> <laughs> he puts John Jones on the prelims. <laughs> John Jones, everybody related to John Jones, everybody who knows John Jones. I like that. D- DC as UFC president would be awesome. Um, <laughs> I just can't think of anybody who has the enthusiasm and I guess the charisma to kind of do what Dana does. And I can see DC tearing the shit out of somebody for a bad fight. He doesn't strike me as a guy who, who can who could filter himself very well in that regard. Oh my god, what about Connor? Ooh, no. Actually, you know what? There's a. It's the last one of the later questions. I don't know. Like, I think Connor. I feel like this is just my theory. Here's a conspiracy theory. I think Connor was planning to slip from the UFC and then. Or just find a way out of his contract. And then he got to be on his own a little bit and realized, like, holy shit, this is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. And he started to kind of spiral. Like right around 2017, late late 16, early 17 ish, when he was kind of really out of control, mm-hmm. and I think that he was just like, uh, he was just kind of like, uh, I can't do this. He need he needed structure. Back Basically, like yeah, like some some people need a boss. You could be your own boss, but they still need somebody to kind of work. Like I don't know. He needs to be kept. He can't. He can't wander too far away from home, where he just kind of. Yeah, and you kind of gotta have. Kind of gets out of control. You gotta have the voice to it too. Like Dana has a very distinctive voice. Because my first thought was like a John Anik, but I don't think Anik's got the voice for that. No, I do not want to watch Anik at every UFC. That's bullying. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anik's cool at what he does. I don't want to see him being the the head. You know figure. I don't think Annex getting me excited for any fight. Oh man, well, that's a shame because he's got to call the fights. I like John Annex. I'm not going to take him as John Annex slander. No, he's, he's gotten better. He's, he, I think I said this a couple episodes ago. Like he, Lately, he hasn't really bothered me as much. And I, I don't know if it's because I'm not paying attention to him or if he's just getting better. Is it because but Joe Rogan and DC won't let him get the word in edgewise? That could be that. His his dosage has gone down, so maybe that's that's why. He does he doesn't Dude, bother me. As we much. have a lot of questions left. Jesus Christ! <laughs> gonna, like I didn't real, I didn't realize it would take us so long to get like to go through each one of them, but like. All right. Well, I gotta run. I'm not leaving. I'm here, but I gotta go get something in a different room. So, the next question, just assume that I just assume I had a five minute answer to a two minute question. All right. Well, what is it? Let me hear it first, and then I'll, I'll uh, Best walkout. Uh, well, this person has, he has like four questions. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, 
<laughs> so, well, I'll let you do the first one at least. Uh, so, at Fight Geek, uh, the Fight Geek MMA, shout hey. out to him. Uh, his uh, first question is the best walkout music ever. Um, I don't know if it's best because that's subjective, but my favorite has always been uh, Anderson Silva with DMX, Ain't No Sunshine. That that always like made me feel some kind of way when I heard it. So that's my answer. Same. Really? Dude, I'm, I'm a uh, like. I don't want to say I'm a DMX fan, but he's a terrible human being. Oh my god! Well, look, you separate the artist. You're the artist. You like the artist. <laughs> I think but, it's iconic. I kind of like DC's entrance, to be honest with you. I think it fits his whole personality and all that. What is this welcome music? I don't right remember. above it. Little Wayne and Drake. You did look this up. Oh my god! All right, you. <laughs> you 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 Some chase that interest. down for me. I'll <laughs> be right back. Uh, next question. Uh, 2018 KO of the year. Hmm. I feel like I had an answer for this like a week ago. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. This was one of those questions that when I saw, I had to research, so I had some time to think about this one. All right, you give me yours, and then I'll look up what I had as KO of the year. Yeah, I look. I looked up a few, and literally, like between MMA and boxing, there have been a lot of good KOs this year. But I think. Um, Machida and uh, Vitor takes the cake for me. Like, <laughs> if you're ever fighting Machida and he does that hand movement where it looks like he's trying to lull you to sleep, you need to move. You need to run. You <laughs> you need to get out of the way because he just kind of gave Vitor like this magical <laughs> like hand movement, and it was like Vitor got like mesmerized and then a second later a foot was in his chin and that KO was just it was just perfect like he just foot right on the chin no need to follow up it, it was the perfect KO um so yeah Machida to me has KO of the year so far mm. see that night like, there's the dude who hit the Rolling Thunder back in, like, January at, like, that weird moat-fighting karate event. <laughs> All right. What did I miss? Uh, we're on KO of uh, the year so far. KO of the year. Um, KO of the year? Yep. 2018. Like the, KO of the year. Oh, KO of the year. I think it's a KO like the vegetable. <laughs> hmm. It would have to be Gaethje Vic for me. Mm. Edgar Ortega. That was my second one, cause that <sighs> he literally like lifted Frankie like in orbit. Whenever, whenever tall people fall really slowly, it can't be topped. That's fair. That is a fair. Yeah, that is very. That's very bad. <laughs> the pump he, KO yeah, is always the best. I won't, I won't make fun of him too much. He's probably had a rough week. Who Vic? Yeah, yeah. fuck him. Mike, what the that, fuck that, is wrong just, with you? He, he, <laughs> just, <laughs> I, I have no sympathy for what Irvin does, man. It, it just, is what it is. Jeez. His, his fall reminded me of just the wacky waving inflatable tube, man. Just hands are just kind of up and it's, yeah, like you said, when tall people fall, like tall people can't fall normal. Like, 
when they get knocked out, it's, it just always looks really extra. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I can't remember what it was. It was Hagler Hearns, where the boxing uh, media guy described it as like a like a palm tree stuck in the breeze, just a very <laughs> slow decline. Oh man! All right, so you got Vic Gaethje. Uh, my my KO of the year was uh, Machida and uh, Vitor. I could I guess. Uh, you, know yeah. what, you know what? I'm gonna go with Rock Romero. See, but I, don't, I feel bad saying that. Why? Because I feel bad for Luke Rockhold when he gets hit again. I mean, I, yeah, I feel bad too in that instance, but... Because it's like the yeah. first punch is the knockout punch, and then the second one is just like a... The second one is just like... <laughs> <laughs> this is for my ancestors. <laughs> God. He punched him... He probably so, feels... He punched him so hard, and it looks so effortless. I feel like he still feels that when he wakes up. Like it's like his falling dream, except it's just like Romero's fist up in his face. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like I, I, that's just one of those KOs where I'm like, I can't, I can't fight for a living. Like I could never. It's one of those things where you just wonder, like, what he did to upset him to that point. <laughs> right. And then to make matters worse, he's concussed and he's fucked up and Romero gives him a kiss like that's like that's conflicting messages that's an abusive relationship that I don't <laughs> want to be a part of right. you didn't deserve that like that, that nobody should feel like that oh, just man. wound up and hit him as hard as fucking possible I'm surprised yeah, his head didn't go good. through the fucking thing oh my god that's one of those instances where I'm glad that wasn't in a ring because the rope might have just fell off, or his head just would have. Oh God! Just like he would have got yeah. propelled into like the first row. <laughs> yeah, See, I'm actually worried because I've seen guys hit their head on the rope a certain way and like break their necks, and that looked like a neck breaker to me. Like he would have, yeah, he would have gotten. And then Robert Whitaker went five rounds with that man. He's he is Savage. very very good. Savage. And, and and somebody uh, wasn't somebody wasn't disappointed that Paulo Costa Yoel Romero got canceled. I'm tired of somebody's trash opinions. Ugh. I mean, <laughs> hey, hey, I want to see Romero at 205. I, I want to see. I do him. too. I want it, but it doesn't seem like he's going anywhere. Which is dumb because he hasn't been waiting like three fights now. But Rockhold doesn't want to go up either, so I'm confused. Yeah, Rockhold needs. Did to they not go. see? Freaking Anthony Smith murdered the number six right. <laughs> fighter in the division in like 20 seconds. It's infuriating. I'd like to believe, and this is an honest opinion, I'd like to believe Romero is afraid he'll get put against Shogun and actually kill him. Oh my, wait. <laughs> so Stokes just texted us. Mm-hmm. He, he, he dropped some heat. Oh, wow. Uh, so... Apparently, the UFC has... No, 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 <laughs> why are we... No, why are we oh, doing this? Oh, I see what you're going to talk about. You know what? Jesus no. Christ. No, you know what? Ryan Hall is in the works. I hope Ryan Hall flat. Yeah. That's it. And I call his turn. I would throw my phone, but I got to keep the timer on. Jesus How dare Christ. you put us through this, BJ? 
Let's let's get to the next next question. Next, it shouldn't next, happen, next but question. it's gonna happen. But at least they put him against somebody who's not gonna knock him out. We say that. Now. I mean, if it happens, then it happens. <laughs> I'm not a BJ Penn fan. Uh, but I hope he. I hope he just go three rounds. Just have a grappling contest. Pull out. Don't. <laughs> Whatever that cord Tony tripped over. <laughs> I mean, I don't want you to like blast your ACL out or anything, but just stub a toe or. I don't know. Catch like a cold. So I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, next next question. Uh, still with the fight geek. Uh, under uh, under the radar MMA prospects. I guess anybody you got your your eye on. Um. Well, Julio Arce since he's got fight booked. I, I really like his game. Um. But again, I'm biased. Uh. Yeah, because she fought last night. Virna Jandaroba. Uh, Invicta FC yeah, strawweight champion. I feel like every major prospect is either signed to one of those like 30-fight prelim Bellator deals or is fighting on the Contender <laughs> Series. Yep. So, there's, there's no uh, more regional MMA. So I don't see anybody who I'm really, really excited about. Actually, hold on. What is the name of them? Y'all just give me a minute. Talk amongst yourselves. Okay. Well, I, I have one. Well, I don't. I don't know if this. I, I have two that came to mind for me. Um, sometimes I'm not even really sure what prospect means anymore. But <laughs> uh, first person that popped in mind. Uh, uh, she fights in Invicta. She is an atom weight. Uh, Alicia Zapatella, um, who I mentioned on. I think she fought on Invicta FC 30. I want to say. Um, I feel like she's somebody to keep an eye on at atom weight. She looks like she's gonna be. Somebody in the future that's going to put on a lot of exciting fights for them. Um, so I would say Alicia Zapatella. Um, does Song Your Dong count as a prospect? Yeah. Yeah. Just do Okay. I'll, I'll throw him Why in not? there. Like, I, I really hope he doesn't just get stuck fighting in overseas cards. Like, when we go to China, we just throw him on there. Like, he needs to be, you know... I want to see more of what he can do. I hope he can get. I hope he can fight more frequently because I think he's somebody to keep an eye on. I, I don't know how high his ceiling is, but I, I've thoroughly enjoyed what I've seen so I, far. So I would definitely throw him in there. I agree with you on one hand, on a big hand, but on a smaller hand, on a much smaller hand, uh, we can't like punish the UFC for doing that when we also talk about wanting them to protect young fighters and put them in a position to win. So I like I, I don't want to be too I don't want to be too hypocritical. My hypocrisy meter is only is only so big. <laughs> only so big. Okay, um anybody got anybody else? Um those are the only those are the only two people I could really Like what counts as under the radar nowadays? Like every, like everybody gets signed to the UFC right away. Everybody signed to the UFC, everybody is signed to Bellator. PFL like, collects uh, worth, not only that, but how many prospects fight on cards that you can watch, like on Fight TV or. I, mean, I was going to say, like, even some of the guys from LFA, like, I don't even know if they count as prospects. But some of them, like, if you look at their champs, some of them have been fighting for a long time. Like, I, I don't know. All right. Plus, I don't even know what prospect really. Uh, oh, uh, if you were got his name. Okay. Stefano Paterno. He's the Cage Warriors welterweight champion. 
He's from Italy. He's only 23 years old. I thought he was 21, but he's 23, so still pretty young. Uh, fighting Cage Warriors. He's beaten John McGuire. He's beaten Cody McKenzie. So he's beaten some regional guys, and he's eaten up plenty of uh, the of um, uh, plenty of the Italian fillers, so to speak, on those so-so Italian cards. But he's he's an interesting guy who I've kind of become a fan of. I've seen him fight a few times, saw him fight at Benator, saw him fight in Cage Warriors, and uh, I, I'm a big fan of this kind of like Italian MMA resurgence we're getting. I, I like the fact that, I, you, you guys know me, I love the idea of uh, fighters from all over the place getting their chance to stand out, and I hope that this guy is as good as I think he might be. There's a guy at EFL, but I can't remember his name. He's like the... And I Cole has talked about him a few times. EFL? Yeah. Is it EFL or EFC? What's the African? Oh, EFC. Okay, AFC. All right, so he's like the Bantamweight dude. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, uh, the, uh, Zulu? I don't know. Or, 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 or um, Syed. I don't know. Was he on the flyweight tough season? No, he was... Uh... No. God, who was it? There isn't a Pena, a guy oh, Pena. Oh, Marte Pena. There we there go. go. Is he under the radar? Is he still a prospect? I mean, 28, he's been fighting for, like, what, seven years? That's a Bellator prospect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Bellator heavyweight division prospect. That's a UFC heavyweight division prospect. Um, like, I, like, again, I don't know who counts as under the radar anymore, like, Petter Yan fought on a fight that had like 500,000 YouTube views. I guess at this point, I feel like this day and age, prospect just means like the casual fan doesn't know you. Like, we know because we're in the thick of things, but the average Joe who just kind of only, you know, they're not, they're not really doing like their homework, I, I guess. That's kind of what I think prospect means now. Well, yeah, um... I don't know. Like I got Kanaka Murata, who Victor just signed. Um, I like. There's a whole like I can sit here for an hour just naming just like people who either fight on the regional scene or only have like one or two fights in Bellator or the UFC. Right. I was gonna say that last Bellator card was like all prospects: Romero Cotton, Taiwan Claxton. Prospect means like at this point in MMA's. Culture. I think prospect means like under five fights signed with the top gym. Basically, like, I think that that's that's what a prospect yeah, is. That's a, is a isn't um he's a prospect. I, I guess you would count. Isn't it Sabina Mazo fighting against him? Oh uh, yes, she's yeah she got uh she's gonna be fighting for the flyweight title and now. Yeah, I would throw her throw her in there. She's uh been head kicking people in the other countries and universes. So I I throw her name in there. So um. That's that's a few prospects. And the last question from him: uh, What is the best combat video game? Mm. Uh, what kind of combat? Um, I'm gonna say for the sake of the question, I'm gonna gonna say fighting game. I'm, I'm gonna assume that's what he meant. Um, for me, I, I'm, I can't pinpoint one game, but I'll pick a series, and I'm just gonna say Tekken. For me personally, you guys remember Ready to Rumble? Yeah, boxing, yeah. Not the WCW. Yeah. 
<laughs> no. Like, I think somebody was going there. No. <laughs> so, yeah, I definitely remember that. Afro Thunder and, uh, yeah, who else was in that game? That game was pretty fun. I think that might be one of my favorite games. My favorite combat games. Time. Mine is, oh, uh, mine is Here Comes the Pain. <laughs> WWE? Yes. That was actually a really good game. Speaking of combat games, EA Sports, if you guys don't make another fight night, they are. like they announced they? one recently. Doesn't I, 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 don't, I, 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 I need the UFC that. game stopped selling. <laughs> it's pretty fight weird nights were that so combat good. sports games are, are like or not combat. Okay, it's weird that fighting games are a big deal, but combat sports games don't sell. Dude, like my, I'm not gonna say my introduction, but like. One of the first times I actually sat down and like and absorbed anything UFC related was the first UFC THQ game. Like my my. Oh man, Undisputed. I remember that. Who was in that demo? Undisputed or the really really shitty one that had. No, no the like, the old one. The, I think the demo was like Frank Shamrock. I think it was Undisputed. And... Yeah. I love that my, game. My friend and would just pick, it was like, probably Chuck and knock me out every two seconds. <laughs> Oh, those are good times. That game was probably terrible, but I loved it when I first played it. I think I was just happy to see the UFC in a video game. I think I didn't care how bad it was. So I guess this is a hot take, but I actually don't like fighting games. That's not a hot take. Although if I had to pick a fighting game that I liked, it's Soul Calibur. Which oh, will probably reveal a lot about me as a uh, fighting gamer. But no, the new one looks awesome. Well, I think Soul Calibur the is the one. button mashing of the, uh, the button masher of the... Uh, the fighting universe like i think marvel vs. capcom is like the uh it's like the um uh i can't i can't play those it, it, it's the fine wine of fighting games and i guess soul caliber is the monster the monster energy really i like Soul Calibur. yeah that, that's that's how i've always been told i think soul Calibur is really awesome I, I, I enjoy it and tekken i think i played one of them i played tekken 2 and i had the Best one. You sure? It's my favorite. Because that was my that was like my introduction. Uh, that wasn't my introduction to fighting games, but like that was the fighting game that I played. That I was like, okay, th these this is my favorite genre of games now. Like this is these are the kind of games I want to get good at. I think I remember Tekken Two because it had the uh, it had the um, uh, the robot Jack Jack Two whatever it was. And yeah. I played his story's completion, <laughs> and I don't remember what happened at the end of it, but when it was over, I was just like, I, I don't want to play this ever again. Like, I was, I was depressed. <laughs> I was depressed. I don't know if he dies. If God, what was his... Oh, I can't remember. Functions. And... Yeah, that game did have some pretty crazy... Some of those endings were kind of wild. <laughs> and Dead or, the Dead or Alive series I have kind of fond memories of. But that'll be saved for... Dojo Talk After Dark, <laughs> which I assume is the, the second podcast that Anti Cool. <laughs> Anti Cool oh, Stoves man. and Brendan Chobb under some candlelight. <laughs> talking, talking that good stuff. Talking dick pics. Talking? You can't talk. Oh, man. You can't talk about it if you're not going to be about it, Brendan Chobb. Oh. Exactly. <laughs> Shout out to the Fight Geek MMA. Appreciate that question. Questions. Uh, 
the questions, yeah. All right, we're getting kind of sort of down to the end of these, sort of. Uh, <laughs> next question. There are a lot of qualifiers there. <laughs> Maybe, potentially. It's in the mix. Yeah, we're in the at John Irwin one nine seven six one, his question is simply, "What was the best fight ever?" Mm. Um, I'm all right. I'm I'm gonna just throw myself. I'll, I'll give you simply. two. Simply, it sounds one. so easy. I know it's not. <laughs> this is another question that beforehand I was wrecking my brain trying to think of, but I'll. I'll uh, a lot of fights that came to mind. The first MMA, I don't know if it's best. I think for me it's just favorite. Maybe the, I don't know. But um, the first two fights. Anytime anybody asks me this question, it's always Jones and Gus and uh, Nick Diaz and Paul Daly. I don't know if those are technically the best, but those are gonna be my best because those are like two of my favorite fights ever. And then uh, I have to throw this in there because I was watching this before we started recording. Uh, boxing with uh, Diego Corrales and Luis Castillo won. Mm. Um, so I'm going to throw those fights into that ring. But if I had to pick one just for the sake of the question, it would be Jones Gus. Mm. My favorite MMA fight of all time is Robbie Lawler, uh, Ray McDonald, too. So. <sighs> It's just... weird because, like, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I don't think you have, you shouldn't have to explain why that's probably one of them, but go ahead. No, just, like, for me, it's weird because um, there are, like, fights, there are certain fights that are better than other fights for me, but there aren't certain fights that make me feel the way other fights do. Do you kind of get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like I feel differently. Um, Yoel Romero, Robert Whitaker, too, Probably isn't the greatest fight of all time, but it's the most recent fight where I like felt something. So that might be that might be more enjoyable. And there's recency bias, but that might be more enjoyable than like Condit Lawler, which is one of my favorite fights ever, but has probably the most bittersweet ending for me as yeah. a fight fan. Um, God, best fight ever. Uh, what if we just Robbie Lawler from 2015 to 2016? He has all of them. Like no, like <laughs> he was, he, he was in a lot of like them, law. You, you can had... add 2014 in there as well because he had the first Hendricks Lawler fight is really underrated. The first yeah, is one. It's easily one of the best UFC title fights ever. Right, you have that one, yeah. and then you have um, the the Rory fight, which was amazing, and then you have um, the Condit fight, which was amazing, and then even the like. Hendricks Lawler 2 has the best fifth round ever. From Robbie Lawler's perspective, he just turned into like a beast. And then you have the tragic ending into the, with, with uh, Woodley, so it's kind of like a weird career. I would have to go with Jones, Gus. Or, or you know what, never mind. Carwin Lesnar. <laughs> no fight made me feel something the way Carwin Lesnar did. Oh, man. I saw that in the theater, and it was... No, no. Was it that? No, no. I'm sorry. I saw uh, Kane Lesnar in the theater. Because, like, best fight... Because like, sometimes the best fights aren't the ones that make you feel... Like... It's just weird to explain. Like, it's not like the best... Like, the best movie you ever see may not be the best movie ever. 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I was gonna say it's not it's not like because even with Jones and Gus, like technique for technique, is it the best fight ever? Probably not. But if you if you take into account the entertainment of the fight, everything surrounding the fight, and then just like the caliber, like what it meant, and you package all that together, like that's just what makes it. Like there are other fights that are probably like aesthetically more pleasing than Jones and Gus, right. but they didn't have as much meaning as that fight did. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Like Holmes versus Rousey is not Holmes versus Rousey is not a great fight because it, it's really just a one-sided blowout, but it's one of the best fights. Cuz cuz of everything around it. So yeah, I right. get what you're like I hope I hope I'm making some sense here. But yeah, Carwin Lesnar to me. Cuz I can't Condit Lawler, I just can't can't do that. Yeah, Condit Lawler would have won for me if the right yeah, if if, if judges were fair and kind and just. We'll, we'll what are you laughing at? For another. <laughs> I don't take this. I don't take this Carlos Condit lightly. Dude, there's a whole alternate universe where Carlos Condit was the welterweight champion. I, Twice. I mean, I'm it probably gonna, it it probably ended tragically. I mean, it probably would have ended with Woodley. But still. Oh my God! Can you imagine having to fight Woodley again? He would win. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Carlo Condit wins. <laughs> Carlo Condit wins every fight he's. I still believe team. he was on his way to a comeback before he got injured in that fight. I do too, but then he again, was... like, what can you do? What can you do? Yeah. Well, you can judges. Judges can do their jobs. All right. Uh, this next fight. I said next Good fight. Good question. By uh, the next thing. question. This next question kind of ties into something we mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, somewhat. Uh, at, uh, I don't know if this is S. Hempton 209 or if that's Shempton, all one word, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, question is, uh, will an MMA fighters union ever happen, and would McGregor be the best fighter to spearhead it? So I'm going to go uh, right in and say McGregor would not be the best fighter to spearhead it. Um, the head of your union cannot throw dollies at buses <laughs> and smack referees. I don't think that makes a strong case for your union. So, yeah, I'm going to go no on that one. Um, will a union ever happen? No. Um, I'm going to say... I'm optimistic. I'm going to say yeah. I'm going to say... I'm, I'm gonna what say is yeah. going on? Like, who's falling down bookcases? It's like Page Masters <laughs> going on over there. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I think it'll happen. As I now creak and yeah. crackle. I think it'll, I think it'll I happen, so. but I think people need to be prepared to not have MMA for a year. I, I think it'll happen just... I don't, I don't even like know how to defend why I think it'll happen. Because you hope it does. But it's just like things... The, the tide always turns at some point. Like, it's. I think it's bound to happen. It's gonna happen eventually, you know. Especially yeah. if they do sell again. Like I think that'll that'll be like the catalyst. And like, I don't know if it'll be what we think or hope it'll be. If that even makes sense. But like, something's gonna have to happen at some point. Like, it's just it's it's never gonna lean so far in one. The, the pendulum always swings back the other way at some point. And like every other sport, I want to say every other sport. Has a union. Uh, I don't know if I'm wrong in that. But at least all the major ones do. 
There's a, there's an NFL union. There's an NBA players union. For, I don't know if baseball sure. has one. I don't, I don't really watch. I don't really watch baseball. So oh, they do. That would yeah. I would assume they, they have, have one. I'm pretty sure hockey probably has one. So I believe they do. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. So like, it, it's it's gonna happen. Like MMA still. It's still kind of like a young sport, if really, if you think about it. Like, it hasn't been around as long as a lot of these other major sports have been. But, like, I think they'll eventually get to that point where, like, they'll, they'll be some kind of representation. They'll, something's going to happen. It'll, it might not even be called a union, but th- there'll be something that'll happen. And fighters will be represented better, whatever that looks like in the future. But, yeah, I think... I just happen. think people need to be prepared for... Yeah, things will it's, change. It's not going to be pretty, you know? Because, look, there are two things that people always hate in sports. Politics and labor strikes. And when this happens, when the you, when there's a, whether it's a union, whether it's collective bargaining, whatever the case may be, when it happens, it's not going to be pretty. So just be prepared for it to be pretty ugly, you know? You think things are bad now? Wait until they have to start. Wait until strikes start happening. Mm-hmm. I'm ready for some picket signs. I mean, <laughs> who's leading the 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 union picket strike? Got to be somebody who can spell. I've seen some. I've seen some <laughs> Twitter accounts, and I'm not sure if I want some people writing on some signs. <laughs> who is that? Just to, before we close out that question, who do you think would be the best fighter to represent the union? You 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 want to know a really interesting one? I think, I think Carlos Condit. Cool. Respected by fans, there's nobody who dislikes him. Respected by the UFC, um, so well spoken. Yeah, you know, a father is a politician, I believe, so he's a little bit more familiar with the game. Um, I think he would be an interesting. I, he would be who I would choose. If if this was before he left, I'd probably say GSP. I don't know if the head of the union can believe an alien. <laughs> yeah, he could, but I don't know if he needs to make it like a like like a stance. Yeah, like. But uh, I I think whoever would uh, I don't know about leading the union, but about being like a figurehead or figurehead, like somebody. Yeah, would be, well, but then again, but you, then you again, need so, you. What? Yeah. For the whatever it was. Mafafa, whatever. Yeah, and that was after he left. Yes. Like it would need somebody who was a around. And B, like, has actual pull and power. Right. So. I was going to say DC. Hey, maybe. but That would be, like, the top ten anime betrayal right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But I think that does paint the, paint the picture of, like, how difficult it is to pick up a, a singular leader. Yeah. yeah. Because you, you need somebody, they, they have to be a stand-up person. I'm going to say like a spotless pass, but like it's got to be somebody who hasn't had too many problems or issues. You're not going to have John Jones as the head of your union. Right. Probably yeah. not. That's not going to work. Yeah, that's not going to work. But yeah, uh, that, that's, that's a good question. Shout out to Shempton or S. Hempton. I'm sorry. I don't know if it's all one word uh, for that question. Uh, this next one, we got another about... Uh, four or five <laughs> part question. While I'm here, uh, so, so I think some of these though we can get through. Pretty uh, well, uh, well, some of them. Here's the thing: you say that, and then we can't. So you're like well, set us up for it. 
Uh, okay. Go ahead, go ahead, Anacle. Uh, this comes from at uh, MMAN024 uh, on Twitter. Uh, his first question, uh, if you were to have a Wild and Out episode with UFC fighters, who would you want in it and why? Ugh. John Moraga. Chicano John. Let's go. Yeah, I think that's a good uh, one. Tyron, Tyron oh. Woodley, because I know you can rap. Uh, I want Sage Northcote. <laughs> I was about to say Sage Northcote. <laughs> Sage has to be in there. Andre Feely? Uh, Feely releases music. Not true. Uh, Andre Feely. Alright, so we got Moraga, Feely, Northcote. Sensei, how are we gonna how are we gonna get you to review the Feely rap? Feely, uh, Andre Feely. I never heard. Heaven. Interesting. Is it out there somewhere? It's gotta be out there somewhere. Yeah. Somebody send me a link. Uh, what is his rap name? Just Feely? I hope not. Oh. They actually pick a rap what name. What about Felony, aka Crazy Horse? Mm, why not? <laughs> I want to throw a random Brazilian. I was, I was gonna say you all Romero, which is kind of. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work. That'll work. <laughs> there we go. That'll work. Um, part. Oh, I lost the question. Uh, do do. Uh, part two. Uh, all right. These next ones are just kind of pick them. Uh, Sonnen or Fedor? I'm gonna go with Fedor. Yeah, I got Fedor. But mostly on Faith. I would go Fedor as well. Sonnen loses until he... Sonnen, uh, Sonnen loses unless he wins. So I'm going with Fedor. I got, I got Fedor. What about Kevin Casey, one... by the way, to that last question? Is he in the UFC anymore? No, but he, he could be in the wilding out thing. Yeah. Right. Never heard his... Um... Allegedly. Allegedly. I'm so unaware of all these. Like the only <laughs> MMA rapper moves, I knew was his lips and words come out that rhyme, but I don't necessarily know if he's he's a rapper. No, oh, good. All right. Who was the dude in the background, like making the hard face? The actor whose name escapes me. Oh, he was on like the hills or whatever it was, right? <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. I'm sad that I even know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> Where is my life gone? Spencer Next question, uh, There you go. Spencer, who, who is that? Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna search this real quick. That name does not ring a bell. Spencer Pratt. Spencer Pratt. I'm also very terrible with like actor names. Where the hell is Feely's rap? Frustrated now. Can't be good if you can't. Ah, uh, that's Found an it. opinion. It's an opinion. We don't do opinion here. We do fact. I'll leave that alone. We'll come back. It's on YouTube. <laughs> All right. I have to find a link. I got it right here. Well, I just don't know how to send it. I'm a, is, I, uh... I am a caveman to this Skype pet. <laughs> we'll go to the next question. Uh, Mitrion or Bader? Bader. Are you saying that for any other reason other than the obvious? Uh, I got I, I, I just can't imagine um, Mitrion stopping the takedown. Yeah, I got Bader. 
I'm going to go Mitrione. And you know what? I'll go Mitrione. Hater. All right, and the next question to round that all out, so who wins the entire tourney? Fader. I'm going Fedor. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take a heavy leap of faith and say Fedor. And that'll set us up for Fedor Minikov. Which will be all types of sad. We we don't need to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> and the next question. Uh, last question from him. Uh, who wins the Bellator welterweight tourney? See, I'm a lot less sure on this one. I don't think Rory is as much of a lock as people think he is. But at the same time, I don't no, know. No, because I think he's kind of kind of cooked. Yeah. From a physical standpoint. Like, he, John Fitch like, isn't going to break his nose, but, like, does Douglas Lee no. Like, he, he's going to come out of his side of the bracket. It's who on that other side. Are we Look. sure that John Fitch can't can't do that? Are you underestimating John Fitch? I think you might be overestimating John Fitch. Is John Fitch such yeah. a, like it, <laughs> is John Fitch winning the welterweight tournament like your cancel your subscription moment? Like you're just gonna be like <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm out of here. I'm done with this. <laughs> this whole tournament was rigged. <laughs> like I get it, he was a hitman, but come on, we're taking this too far. I actually had to look up the brackets. Um, Dude, his side of the bracket is loaded. Like it's like him, Fitch, uh, Korshkov, and Lima, right? To so show you how much attention. No, to no. How much the the his side of the bracket was Ed Ruth and Gracie. Really? Yeah, the other side of the bracket was Lima, Korshkov, and um, Daily MVP. Yeah, we oh, discussed wow. it. That uh, yeah. I, I could have sworn they had loaded up the one side so they could get either um. And mm-hmm. they, they, I feel like they left Roy side weak so they could assure that he would make it to the finals. And then the other side is where all the fun is going on. Hmm. I thought that they, they, what they did, which I believe we discussed, was they gave MVP the easiest route in terms of style and gave Rory the easiest route in terms of opponent. But anyways, like I was saying, to show how much attention I'm paying to this conversation... I clicked welterweight tournament like Bellator and I'm looking it up and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And then I'm like, why is Joe Riggs in this thing? <laughs> why is it Sean Burrell? And I look and it's a season 10 tournament. So I'm not even. <laughs> so you guys let me know who you think is going to win Andre Koreshkov against Jesse Juarez. <laughs> Mark Scanlon against Adam McDonough. Give me your opinions on those. <laughs> oh, man. Um, God, you know, it's hard, you know, now I think about it, it's kind of hard to say Rory won't win, because, like, I, I kind of want to pick Koreshkov, but I don't think he gets past Lima, but I don't know if Lima beats Rory, God, this is, you know what, I don't care, I'm going out there, I'm sticking with my homie, Douglas Lima's I'm going to make a hot take in a minute, give me Ed Ruth, mm. is he in it, I don't even know if he's in it right now. No, he's well, a, right now. He's all a, I know is that Jesse Juarez and War Machine and uh, Joe Riggs is in this one. <laughs> I know that War Machine is getting the Floyd Mayweather treatment. They're letting him out of the jail to fight. Oh man, <laughs> that's 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 a. I don't 
don't think that. That's a hot take. I th- I think. Well, War Machine getting out of jail is a hot take, or the... <laughs> well, not not that. No, that, that's not. No. <laughs> Santa Claus just took us in a whole new direction, a whole new world, as Aladdin would say. Uh, man, uh, Ed, Ed Roof. Ed Roof. I just winning. think. I just I don't think, think Rory a... will be. I think Rory is gonna be like the shock upset because nobody. Nobody ever wins these tournaments without an upset or two, and he's the only guy I think who can really be upset. Because I think they gave MVP a bunch of strikers, which he should win. How do you think MVP would do against Lima? I think Lima kicks the crap out of him. Probably something along those lines, but I don't necessarily even know if Lima makes it that far. Because I think Lima, Lima's got to beat Koresh Cobb, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's knocking him out. Are they just going to keep fighting in like perpetuity? Yes. It'll be the new. That's that's Chandler Alvarez of well. I'm cool with that. I like that. I like those. Two. They make good fights. Well, their first fight was god awful. Excuse me. What? <laughs> Excuse me. I don't even know if I picked them. Oh yeah, I got Lima. I got Lima winning. Uh, you know, I'm gonna just go with. Uh, I'm gonna just stick with Rory. That being said, there's a good I... chance he gets his head blown off in the final round. How does the UFC? How did the UFC sign the wrong Lima brother? <laughs> I mean, no, no, no. Like, technically, Diego went through tough, but like they had the opportunity to sign. Douglas. I mean, wait, which Lima's which now? Douglas. Douglas. They had. I was gonna yeah. say. I was gonna say Daniel Lima. <laughs> <laughs> it's early, fellas. It's early. How dare you disrespect Douglas like that? I like Douglas Lima. I'm just saying they signed the wrong one. They could have gotten yeah. him. I. Yeah. They could have. And I was like, that was one of the guys, I wish I was on Tumblr back then when he was kind of wiping people out in MFC. Because I thought he was like the easiest sign, but they got Jimmo instead. Rest in peace. Jimmo's big, man. Yeah, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Yes, rest Um, rest, rip. Thank you for, uh... oh, you say rip. What do you want from me? (laughs) I was (laughs) I, the only reason I bring this up, I was listening to another podcast, and I don't remember who they were talking about, but somebody said Rip. I'm like, who said, people say Rip? That's a real... Every once in a while. It's weird. weird. Damn, this podcast is going to be really long. Sean <laughs> has <to> explain. <laughs> Alright, that was uh, questions from at uh, MMAN024. Appreciate Thank it. Um so the last question that I have before I guess we get to the ones that Stokes have. So the, this is uh, Garbanzo from Tumblr. Uh, Shout-outs to him. Uh, so he has actually has a couple. So first question, uh, what modern-day fighter do you take to UFC 1, Pride 1, etc.? Joel Romero. Voice. <laughs> <laughs> who, who do you say? <laughs> uh, I take Hoist Gracie back. <laughs> At like 60 years old. You don't want to be <laughs> This is what you'll become. <laughs> Listen, you don't want if you don't want to see Yoel Romero against Art Jimerson. <laughs> Dude, yes. Oh, I, I I can't I can't even like fathom that in my brain that they do the same sport. <laughs> it's like no, this is completely different. Ooh, you're like, you're saying that's... that, but in 1993, Yoel Romero was probably 34 years old, so he was old <laughs> enough to like. They're on the same age length. That's crazy. Harold Howard against Yoel Romero. Oh my god. 
Uh, who do? This is a hard question. Not a hard. It's a fun. Could Yoel Romero beat thing. everybody at UFC one in a row? Like Yoel more Romero top- could beat everybody at UFC one in the same fight. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> is it like the one with Jet Li? Yes. <laughs> oh man. Um. Yoel Romero against Jesus. Yoel Romero against Tank Abbott. Quentin McKenzie. Don't do that. This is just weird. I want to see if he can just guillotine everybody in the tournament. Oh, I don't know, man, because there were um, there were like no athletic commissions back then. He maybe tore up before the first fight. Oof, you're right. <laughs> this is a man who I think told Chael Sonnen that he left fighting just to live on a boat and drink, to be a merchant marine and drink. I mean, we all have our dreams. Uh, Yoel Romero is my choice, very clearly. I don't God, who You know what? Because the UFC was wild, and I felt like something like this could have happened back then. I'm going to throw Chris Cyborg in there. Oh, that's interesting. That's out of the that, box. That's a good one. Yeah, that's out of the box. See, you went for intriguing. I just went for violent. I mean, a, that's a different type of intriguing. What the? First I think it's still be violent. I think yes. he still clocks somebody and they die, and people start looking around like, "Oh." <laughs> I have no doubt she she catches at least three bodies. No, she she might win. She's gonna kill somebody. I, I, I think she could beat the shit. Well, 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 hold on, hold on, just for a second. Are we talking? Are we when you say kill somebody? Do you mean literal? Or figure, not well, I think Yoel Romero would be literal. Yeah, his referees were not—they were—they were not quick on the trigger back then. And the first flying knee, I think he would—he would like freeze the audience. So he could probably get as many ground and pound shots as he wanted before somebody stopped. Mm, you know, it would be another one. Take roided up Vitor, dude. <laughs> <laughs> the Vitor that was throwing spinning back kicks. In, yeah, let's throw him in you. I want to take TRT Vitor and like have him carry a picture of him on the reality show with the feet, and then show <laughs> it to young Vitor, and like it's like this is your future. Change now. Stop now. Like stop your stop your stop your problems. Who else would be interesting? You know what? Here's a good one. What if Mighty Mouse was in the place of the Gracie at UFC one? He still smokes everybody. No, I'm saying, but would 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 the image of Flyweight be different if it was Mighty Mouse, like from the very start? See, I don't, I don't think the problem is with Flyweight that it's that they're small; it's that they're not fighting bigger dudes. You know what I mean? Because there's no underdog thing there. But I'm saying, like, if he was at if he was at UFC one, and it's like the same story we got with Gracie, except it's 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 Mighty Mouse who's even smaller. Like if he's wiping people out, like would that have changed the narrative on smaller fighters? I don't know if it would have carried to the rest of the division. It might have just been him. You know what it probably would have done? We, we we probably would have had guys be like, Why would we, why do we need a flyweight division? Mighty Mouse beat all these dudes who are like a hundred pounds heavier than him. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ. He might have killed the <laughs> UFC then. They're like, This fucking little guy is the best fighter? I don't want to be part of this. But now they would have really thought like fighting was illegitimate. Cause, like you train all this martial arts, and here's this guy who weighs forty pounds, and he just 
what is the what is the uh, I'm trying to think of what was Best Buy in 1993? Oh, uh, that made me think. That was pretty like John Lineker back there, or like Dotson, like Dotson when he was in his prime, because he's another little dude. Like he would have been flatlining people. He would have not. He just starts to call. Holy shit, Lineker against Tank Abbott. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fight. That's a fucking. That's a barbecue fight right there. Oh man! And actually, uh, the second part of his question. Th- this is interesting. What historical do you abduct from the past as a teenager and bring them to present day to have them train in MMA and become a fighter? Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. Historical figure. I guess. Teddy Rose. Yep. To do with polio? No. That's Franklin Delano Rose. What? What is wrong with you? <laughs> no, like, no. Like, Teddy Roosevelt had polio. But wasn't Teddy Roosevelt, like, the top flight wrestler? That's why. So, the reason why he was a wrestler is because he, uh, his, his parents wanted him to do something about his polio. Like, he wrestled and boxed. Are you sure? Was, I know FDR had polio. That's why he was in the wheelchair. But, now we're all looking it up. Say he, he had some type of ailment where, like, he, it, it was hard for him to move. So they t- made him take up boxing so he would be in shape. I remember Wasn't that. Was Abe Lincoln a wrestler as well? Uh, there were, dude, my, um... Yeah, I was going to go Abe. Abe was going to be my historical person. Dude, there are a lot of, um... Well, back in the day, that was... Yeah, no, like, a lot of presidents have wrestled. Um, my freaking, my high school wrestling coach, um... Roosevelt also did judo. Um, has a DVD called Presidents Who Wrestled. It's really weird. Hmm. How tall was he? Like with, six feet? With, like he'd have been like with or without the hat? Like he'd have been like a freak show fighter, I think. Because of his frame. Like Alright, I'm looked. just going to float this out here. We're gonna, we can take it from where we go. We build the time machine, right? We're going with Garbanzo. He built, he's given us a time machine. So we get in the time machine, and we go back to Abe Lincoln. And we take Abe Lincoln out of the woods, no, no chopping trees, and we put him at, like, AKA. And Abe trains for a year, and then he fights Hong Man Choi. <laughs> hey, I'm all there for it. I am all for it. I'm looking to see. I don't see anything about... He had asthma. Ah, uh, that might have been it then. This All is right. going to surprise you, but asthma is in fact not polio. <laughs> I have asthma and I'm pretty sure I don't have polio. No, I could have sworn like, it was like a thing where he like, couldn't move. I'll, look in, I'll continue to see if he's got no, any but I, I'm saying the same thing you are, though. But... Oh, man. So Abe, uh, Abe would have been the future... Um, if we could have transferred. Could you imagine the promos, Abe? Well, oh, man, no. What if Abe Lincoln comes back and we have this image of him and he's like a Colby Covington? Like he, he, <laughs> he, he gets on the mic and... Oh, man. Oh. I want Abe Lincoln, you all, Romero. You know, I'm going was... to go with... Um... You know why you can't make Abe Lincoln your old Romero? Because the slaves would have never gotten. Jesus! Jesus! 
You're telling me Yoel Herrera wouldn't have taken the mantle and freed the slaves? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's a fair point. I, I was thinking of it more lines of he just would have killed <laughs> Abe. And then... Oh, my God. <laughs> Can somebody out there, like, take the, the John Wilkes Booth thing and put Yoel Romero in? <laughs> Yoel Romero just needs to go to every time period and just, like, rewrite <laughs> history. <laughs> time traveling Yoel Romero and Sage Northcutt. <laughs> <laughs> oh man um but yeah so we're never those recovered. are all the questions <laughs> those are all the questions that i have listed um oh man so you have to read the one that stoves uh i'm imagining you well romero and the trojan horse <laughs> <laughs> the thing is like i feel like your well like can fit like every time period like Yo- Yoel could have been like that cool guy in the seventies with a fro at a party. He also could have been like a gladiator warrior. Like, <laughs> I feel like Romero fits everywhere. Oh my god! Yoel Romero, Tiago Santos, um, who else? Andre Arlovski seems like he could fit in any time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to. Go ahead. Is, uh, my answer would probably be Rasputin. I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say what I wanted to say. Go ahead. Do, it. Ex- Do it. Do it. Explain. No. <laughs> Dude. Man, I'm not saying it. The man got... Mm-hmm. The, the man was... They tried to murder him like a dozen different times and it almost never worked. Yeah, but they bring it back to... Why? What, could he fight? Like, are we bringing him to the fight? <laughs> I want to see how I want to just see how much he gets absorbed before he goes out. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> now I'm thinking of Yoel Romero against Rasputin. Oh lord, Yoel Romero would convert him. He would just say "I love you" until he's like, "All right, you know what?" I'm just, the worst. The worst. Who would we not want to send back in time? Who would not be a good representative of MMA? Mm. Who am I not sending? Like, we have to send one person back to the past to be, like, the best image of MMA. Probably Jeff Munson. Is there a reason why? Uh, it's just because he's crazy. Puds. Puds? <laughs> Would you announce? Puds is the best of MMA. I don't know why, but I'm imagining Ronnie Yaya, like, is the worst potential person to send back in time. But I don't know why. I think it's because like like he's so unassuming, <laughs> and so uninteresting. <laughs> who who will we send back from present day who might lose? <laughs> <laughs> Punk. <laughs> no, like somebody like legit, legit who might actually like get knocked out or maybe just you Punk? know. <laughs> <laughs> Punk. Um. Who's a guy who's a master of like self destruction in a fight? Oh, I don't know. Oh, Go ahead, say it. it. Let's hear it. You gotta say it. We've like already it. buried enough people. And in, in the in in the in the chance that he's listening, don't take this the wrong way. I'm still a fan. But just the way his career has gone lately, somehow Luke Sanders would go back <laughs> to the past. <laughs> If he would be winning the fight, and then he would get, like, knee-barred. 
Gustafson. And I wouldn't would send it. Gustafson back. He'd find a way to lose the decision. He probably would get injured. Fuck. To be fair, to be fair, in his defense, I don't think uh, equipment, gym equipment, was as strenuous back then. So, what's he gonna do? Fall <laughs> off the rope that you gotta climb? I don't know. He will find. He's found many ways. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of all the things in our world would be different if Yoel Romero was in charge of handling certain problems. <laughs> Oh man! Send send Romero to the Berlin Wall to negotiate that. <laughs> I think Romero could have stopped like all major world wars. Like I, th- I think he could have been that. He could have brought us all together. I mean, if you see that out on the battlefield, <laughs> <laughs> it would be Yoel Romero and Tiago Santos. Just those two alone. You mean I gotta fight a guy with a fucking hammer? Well, I was gonna say, you was gonna say, you send a guy back in time with a hammer <laughs> on his chest? They probably would think he was like a god or something. <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> oh man. Like MMA and guy. time traveling. We never knew we needed this. MMA and time traveling. This oh is, my god. I'm trying to think of like Sage Northcutt. Ah. He would just bring purity to the what? land. I think of all the time periods that could have used Sage Northcutt. He could have stopped the Civil War. Oh. <laughs> guys, guys. I just came back from the future. I just saw, what was he watched? <laughs> <laughs> what was it, Roots he said he watched? He was upset. No, he, he, uh, he watched um, the... the... Years. What was it? He watched the recent um, Birth of a Nation film. Oh, uh, is it the, guys, is that you don't how, I don't know. You don't realize how bad oh, this God. is? You guys. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Lincoln, Mr. Grant, Mr. Lee. <laughs> he really calls everybody Mr. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the worst. Oh, Mr. Man. Hitler, this is a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that would be great. Um, <laughs> that was a fun question. Oh man, what what are um the the questions that Stokes had? I know he had a couple. All right, this one's specifically from Stokes. Who was the greatest IFL fighter of all time? Ooh, I'll let you guys handle this because I know off the top of my head I could not come up. With <laughs> Wait, why not? Are, do you not remember anybody? <laughs> I don't. Oh my God. I, everybody starts typing. I remember one guy, but I want to make sure that I'm accurate. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to disparage a man. Is this him? I'm gonna go to the wiki page. That's what we're all doing. Name. Oh, I got him. Yeah. Bartermus. Bart Palachewski. Bart Polishevsky? Yeah, that would be my guy. Hmm. Hmm. Jen Fulver. Are you not oh, a no. Bartimus fan? Are you not a fan? No, I'm just I'm I'm, thinking I'm of just other people. I'm going by the first. Hey, who you got, uh, Sensei? Um, hold up. You know what? I might change my answer. I was going to say Jen's Pulver. You know what? I'm sticking oh, with Jen Pulver. are we including Pulver. coaches or just fighters? Mama. <laughs> oh my god. 
stage uh, was cut in it. Yeah, well, yeah, because it's well, I, I'm on the Wikipedia page, and it says along with the traditional five-on-five team system matches, the IFL also has occasional super fights between various fighters that do not count towards the team system. Oh, sorry, so some of these fighters were not associated with IFL. I, I can't do that. Okay, yeah, that's why I got didn't. I can't believe we're actually trying to have a conversation after discussing stage <laughs> My so my my answer is Ben Rockwell. <laughs> you know what? For the sake of this conversation, we we dragged this out long enough, and this, I'm going with Jens Pulver. He was on the card, so he counts. I don't care. Of course, Stone's like, like, "Fuck! I'm gonna send these questions in. They're gonna be the best." And Sensei's just like, "I don't care. Let's go." Jens Pulver, whatever. He was better than whoever your favorite. Robbie Lawler. No. Oh. All right, I lost that one. <laughs> Never mind. Jensen. <laughs> My answer is null and void. <laughs> we're just going by guys who fought on. I'm sticking with Bartimus. Yeah, Rob- Robbie would have that. Man, though. Robbie Lawler at UFC 1. Every time you say Bartimus, mm. I think you mean Brad Imus. No, not Brad Imus. <laughs> not Brad Imus, not the other Imus who does the morning show, Bartimus. Right, so we got Bart, Robbie, and then Jens Pulver is an alternate. Which Miller brother was in? Was it Dan Miller who was in the IFL? Dan. All right, I'll go with Dan Miller, actually. Because Dan, Dan Miller is a nicer guy. and he has a, He's a good, good dude. And he's from New Jersey, and I imagine Bartimus is from, like, Iowa. I went with Ben Rothwell because he won like he was nine and zero in the IFL. Also, also he what... beat Travis Fulton. All right, so you want to take this? You want guys this next one? You guys want this next sure. one? Uh, sure, right. I'm lost, but go ahead, go ahead. I'm already, I'm, I'm gone now. All right, go from ahead. Stone's boy Jake. He asks, Khabib versus the bear too. Who wins? Is the bear fully grown? Yes. Is the bear muzzled like the first bear is? Uh, you know, yes. Um, I got Habib. I would go with Khabib because the bear is muzzled. What's he gonna do? So my my answer is dependent on whether or not it's one of those Russian bears that's addicted to jet fuel. <laughs> Because <laughs> apparently that's a thing. This podcast has gone so many places. <laughs> so, uh, like in like the remote parts of Russia, they use like you know jet fuel to power the generators that produce the heat for like the people who actually work there to 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 stay there when it's cold. And the bears drink the jet fuel. Yes, they are. Actually, they are like they get high off it and pass out and you can find them <laughs> on their backs. Keep John Jones away from Russian jet fuel. <laughs> and it's a it, it's a serious problem because if they get rid of the jet fuel, all they're going to have is a bunch of like drugged out bears. <laughs> Zoned out bears. No, no, they're going to be looking for their next hit and they're going to be hyper aggressive. Oh man. Oh man, we know all about like that's all right. So if the bear if the bear gets the fuel, they go to a split decision. <laughs> wait, wait, is the bear drug tested afterwards? I mean, were they like, drug tested the first time? 
Like, well, nah. the bear was young. He he probably wasn't as grizzled. He didn't know how to do it properly. He didn't have T.J. Dillashaw to teach him how to how to. <laughs> now he's an adult. He's he's yeah, groomed he's, now. He's a he knows more experienced. that. What a fucking con. Oh. Uh, I would, I'm going to go Khabib because the bear is muzzled. Granted, it could still paw, but I think the bear a bear is more likely to cheat by biting. So I would, I would, I would say Khabib, split decision. And does Khabib even make weight yeah, for that it. fight? No, that's oh, open weight. Okay, catch weight. Weight. All right. Oh, so we got one from Stoke's brother. Oh, we got a couple from Stoke's brother, actually. Um, Tiger. Question. Are I MMA fighters... Hmm? I beg your pardon? Uh, we got a question from Stoke's brother. What's his name? Tiger. Is that his real name? I don't think so, but... Okay. Nobody knows. Um, it's a pseudonym. All right. Are MMA fighters blending their skills and transitioning well when they go into the WWE? I just want I'd like to... Uh. I'd like to begin... By noting that Stokes' brother asked a legitimate question, I appreciate him for that. <laughs> well, I was gonna say I, I can't. I don't really watch wrestling, so I can't. I'm being. I'm being question. honest. He he asked are, are a we, fucking are we actual infer, question. Are we inferring that who is the greatest IFL fighter of all time is not a legitimate question? <laughs> no, Stokes asked a great question. We're not. We're not dealing with. Look at the questions we've gotten to this point. This poor fella asked a serious question. True. True. Um. I mean, it's a case by case basis, right? Like, I think most of them have. Yeah. Like, you know, Brock's been six, Brock was a wrestler first, so. Uh, for the most part, um, from what I've seen, I haven't been paying close attention. Like Shanna Baszler, it is you know, she was fucking bred for that. For she's her, really not. I actually have a hot take on that. She's not good. She's like, oh wow, not good. Mm. I've said I'm sure that they're going to be wrestling fans who disagree. I appreciate them, um, but uh, she wasn't good in she wasn't good in Japan, and she's not good in the states. All right, fair. Was Shamrock a fighter or a wrestler first? It depends on who you ask, because Jim Cornette talks about him, like before his UFC days. Like he did show up to train, so like I guess he was a wrestler. Cause I thought he fought, but I, I, I never remember. This Either way, Either way, I think Shamrock had a good transition. Um, Tank yeah. Abbott, was, Tank Abbott was great as the dancing. <laughs> Tank Abbott was awesome as the dancing three count guy. Matt Riddle, who I think you're about to mention, <laughs> yeah, has been successful. Tom Lawler, I hear is okay, I guess. You know, um, I don't with with Ronda. Like I, I've seen, like I haven't, like I haven't been watching wrestling as of late. Um, but I did see like clips of some of her matches, mm-hmm. and she's legit stiffing some of these women. Ronda's interesting like, because like I, she's fine until she has a microphone in her face, and she's fine until she has to act. I don't think she's uh, you don't want her cutting promos. So like, uh, you just get to the matches and she's fine, but getting there is 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 a, a struggle. I'm not sure. I can't remember who it was. I think it was Alicia Fox. She was wrestling. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They didn't and she, she almost tore her arm off. Like, not an arm bar or anything. She was, like, doing, like, she was, like, just pulling her. Yeah, because she's just, like, you have to remember, though, like, they had her going from Nia Jax, who's a big, 
a bigger woman. I was going to say a muscly woman, but I don't, you know, she's the bigger woman. So to, to kind of make that adjustment, like to go from, because that's a learning process too for younger, for, for uh, you know, performers is like, you go from, because you hear other people talk about like, you have to go from someone who's so light to kind of someone who's a little bit heavier or someone who hits a little harder to go with someone who kind of more of the safer style, so to speak. So she's probably making that adjustment, but I think she's been all right. Hmm. I'm not going to take any take, Ronda slander. I might have to take your word for it. Watch a match. Why not? What are you gonna What are you gonna lose? What are you gonna lose? A few, hour, uh, a few hours of my time. No, you just, just time is a time is a Oh yeah, clearly. Thing. Yeah. Clearly, <laughs> we, don't, we don't we don't have enough. <laughs> well, that was a fine question. Who else would? I'm trying to think of who else could make that transition. I think DC would be a perfect, perfect example of a guy who could do it. Um, Another lifelong fan. Yoel Romero, obviously. Dude, if Yoel Romero was like six inches taller, he'd be like freaking Vince McMahon's wet dream. Dude, Yoel Romero, if you want to talk about real time traveling, I'm taking real in place with me because we're going to book this together. We, uh, we, uh, we, what we do is we take Yoel Romero back to like the Cuban Missile Crisis era and we put Yoel Romero in there with like Gorgeous George in the 60s and 70s. We would make endless money. As a scary Cuban guy. <laughs> he doesn't even have to speak. He's the savior that we all needed. You know what, Romero's my favorite man. Uh, so, oh, we have another question here from um, <clears throat> uh, from Tiger. Hey. Uh, Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar in MMA. Who wins? Brock Lesnar. Brock. Brock Lesnar. It's not Brock close. by... <clears throat> Brock by considerable gains. Yeah, Brock by whatever he kind of feels like doing. Yeah. When he woke up that morning. Brock could probably beat every opponent Bobby Lashley fought in a, like a tournament, like a gauntlet. Right. Because who is who is it really though? It's like um, Chad Griggs. Chad Griggs. James Colossus, Thompson. Colossus Thompson. Um, who else? Like, oh uh, God, what's his name? He was on Tough Ten. He's the dude who stepped on Frank Mir's head. Oh, um... Wes Sims? Yes. Wes Sims? I mean, yeah. But Brock, Brock is just... At best... At, 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 I was, was going to say, at best, Lashley gets a no contest because Brock fails the drug test, but he might fail it, too. <laughs> it's a double fail? <laughs> no, it's like, you know, if you get a double fail, it's like when you multiply two negative numbers. You, you get a you get a big positive. <laughs> oh man. Uh, all right. So I think we're done talking our last two questions. Uh, question. You only got two left. Yep. Oh, cool. Uh, so they're both from Marty. Question one: Who wins between John Jones and Prime Fedor? John Jones. John Jones by virtue of whatever he decides to do. Basically. Yeah. I love Fedor, but I mean I don't think like yeah, Jones, I don't think highly of Fedor, but I just I think very highly of John Jones overall. I think that's almost like a time travel. You put John Jones back in that Fedor era, I don't think people know what to do with that. Like 
he he's just different. He he he's just so different. Yeah, I got I got Jones. Like I'm I'm just struggling to see what like huge parts of Fedor's game is his was was his wrestling. And I'm just trying to see how he gets Jones down. Yeah. And what he does you're not, you're not. Yeah. I see more ways for Jones to win than Fedor other than just somehow clocking him with a right hand or something. I mean, and it's not, it's not a knock on Fedor. It's just, I, I think you can pick any fighter from history and John Jones beats him. Yeah. He can just, he can do too much. And like, He's one of those few dudes that's like long and he knows how to use it. And it's just like, I don't think people would have known what to do with him. Right. right. After that first round, they would have went back to the corner like, what? I don't coach help. Like, I'm just hold, I'm holding it in. I'm holding it in. Right. Long and knows how to use it. <laughs> Maybe we need to put John Jones against Brendan Schaub. <laughs> What's the last question? Uh, would Ariel be who he is today without New York Rick? And since I don't know anything about Ariel Hawani's show because I don't really pay attention to it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just pass this off to you too. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think because uh, New York Rick, unless I unless I'm mistaken, New York Rick didn't give him all the access he had with Dana and company. So that's really what made him like like to me at least. What made him a guy was, from my perspective those like pre-UFC event like chit chats you'd have with Dana yeah I don't I pay attention to him but I don't at the same time like he's just kind of like I'll check his page for fight announcements but like I don't really dig like I don't really listen to his show honestly I think he's yeah so he's, I, I he's can, the, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. But, but like I don't it's not like I dislike him like I just there's just some people I just kind of don't like, I hear them, I know them, but I don't really, like, follow them. So, I don't know. I'm going to say, yeah. He seems like he's been working hard this whole time. I don't think he's really just... Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. <sighs> I, I, he puts in the work. I feel like he w- would have been here regardless. I guess my only so. complaint about him is that he's a... Uh, he's a bit of a mark, like, for himself. You know, and, and just in general, he's a bit of a mark, so... That's basically it. But But everybody's a mark for themselves. In our own ways. True. So. Especially in this business. So. If you oh. Yeah. oh, what's up? We have oh. another one? A hidden question? No, no, uh, no I just... Uh, apparently, Kaylin Young is no longer the uh, Evicta FC matchmaker. Really? So yeah. who is it now? No idea. Amanda Nunes. I know a guy. I know a guy <laughs> who would take it. Name's Joel. <laughs> no wait because apparently every time I'm on here I gotta talk about Trinaldo Francisco Trinaldo would, would, would take the job there we go. I can't imagine, imagine it pays well get Tib out before he found, sounds another fight <laughs> no 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 clap for Tib out it's okay I mean he, he, Gleason Tebow has all the Options in the world, apparently. Oh my god. High commodity out here. Allegedly, according to according him. himself. <laughs> what a bunch of assholes. What a bunch of jerks. Uh, just, just jokes. I don't want to fight him. He's, he's too muscly. He'd throw me somewhere. 
Um, <laughs> was that, that all? Was awesome. What a range of questions. Oh. That was. That was a nice no, that mix was of serious and not so serious and everything in between. Um, sure. Don't make a joke about that. I feel like there was a No, nah, everything in between. <laughs> I mean, if you want me to, I can try. <laughs> but, uh, thank you guys uh, for submitting questions. I really, really, really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I had a vision to just make episode 100 a, a mailbag episode, and we did. It had nothing to do with the um, fact that there were no fight cards. Zero to do with it. Oh, the idea was. I can't even remember. I'm no, it, it, it's always been a yeah, mailbag, we, we... but I just thought I wanted to. I wanted to stir it up. I wanted to stir the pot a little bit. It's always been a mailbag since as long as I've been. To be honest, I didn't think it was going to work out like this. Like I, I'm really bad at like planning ahead. <laughs> so like, after episode 99, I just went on Sure Dog and I was like, oh, there's not a card next week. Thank you, universe. <laughs> <laughs> as long as I have been like on it, I guess, quote unquote, it's always been like, a, yeah, I think I'm going to do a mailbag. I think the original idea was like a round table, but Stokes isn't here. And there's no card to talk about, so it was like always kind of be. It was always going to be different, but it was yeah. nice. I wanted. Yeah, I didn't want it to be a typical. Just we'll talk about fights. Like now we got to do something. We'll, we'll, like at some point, it was going to be the the Moscow card. I think that's what Stokes had mentioned to us. Yeah, but I believe Stokes mentioned that to us at like four a.m. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe that was. I believe that was in fact the same night that Stokes was abducted. Alright, probably like 30 minutes. Yeah, like, and where he fell off a ladder. Sad. Oh, man. I haven't heard, I haven't heard from him since, so he may still be, he may still be, uh, he may still be falling. No, he's out there. He's our, uh, he's out there keeping eyes on the cali- He's our, Pendus. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it, I guess. BJ Penn, TJ Dillashaw, coming soon to a... Jesus. He's our California correspondent. I like that he's our West Coast correspondent. But oh, now yeah. we need an international affiliate. To... That's one of you guys from the UK or that one person in Egypt. You know. Cal- <laughs> Calcutta, we're looking at you. All right, this is this is your time, man. We're looking at you, Calcutta. You know. You know, we need we need your we need your worldly contributions. We need that that extra outlook you know you guys can you know see things that we we're not we're not seeing over here yeah so. you got to give us you got to give us a little bit more yeah but um yeah man that was that was really fun i really 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 appreciate you guys sending questions and you know doesn't have to stop here you can send questions anytime to dojo talk podcast at yahoo.com um if you want to send questions or you can just inbox us tag me on twitter Whatever, whatever way uh, you want to send questions, you can always uh, do that. So, I uh, guess we will close with... Uh, you know, I don't want to do any parting shots. It's episode 100. I'm going to be positive. So I'm just going to give a shout-out. Uh, my shout-out will be to Serena Williams. Um, after the whole outfit fiasco, whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah, she, she's been doing pretty good for herself lately, so she's, uh, actually she plays, at least at the time of this recording, she plays the day, uh, the U.S. Open at 3 o'clock, 
Uh, well, by the time you guys hear this, this that match will have already happened. But she actually played. Uh, she played Venus. Was that yesterday? Can't remember. She played Venus within like the last day or two. I think that was yesterday. Um, Tennis yeah, is out so, of my jurisdiction. So it's a good sport. If it's actually if, fun. If you fun. say so. <laughs> but I trust you. She's been doing pretty good for herself, so she's moving on to the U.S. Open. So shout out to her, and she was out there in the tutu, um, which I thought was pretty funny. So shout out to her, man, taking all of this in stride, not letting the distractions, you know, affect the game. She's out there just handling business, and uh, shout outs to uh, the University of Maryland uh, Terps uh, football team. Uh, I was kind of mixed on this because they beat my Longhorns. But uh, the Maryland team, then, if you've been paying attention to them in college football, they've had a lot going on, to say the least. Um, most recently, they lost a teammate uh, for the first play of the game. Uh, they went in formation, and they left, uh, you know, they didn't put a person in his spot. They left his spot empty. Um, and just, you know, kind of just a nice dedication play. And Texas in good sport. Like, uh, apparently they knew about it beforehand, so they went along with it and, um, you know, let the clock run out and just, it, it was a nice, it was a nice gesture to remember a, a fallen teammate. So shout outs to them for, you know, still holding their, their memories, uh, memory for their teammate. And they went along to actually win the game and what you would consider an upset, but my Longhorns have been trash for the next, for the last couple of years. So I don't really know how much of an upset it is, but, but. They they won regardless. So uh, shout outs to them. Yeah, Jay, you can go next. Huh? You can go next. Oh, it just oh, go ahead, go hold ahead. Up. I was gonna say, can I can I get one more shout sure, out? Sure. Uh, Pearl Gonzalez, who's been three is she three and zero in Invicta now? Yes, I think. Yeah. So since her uh, UFC stint's over, she's been in Invicta like really handling business, and uh, she fought again yesterday against uh, Diane Firmino. And she had another really solid performance. So, shout out to her. Cool. Now, uh, oh, now, I, now I have permission. Um, <laughs> I, I don't have anybody to shout out. Uh, well, I do have a... I guess it's a shout out. Uh, just best wishes to the Borg family. Ray Borg's son had to undergo another surgery on Friday, I believe it was. Uh, so, just best wishes to them. Uh, ho- hopefully... This surgery is the last surgery. Um, you know, I, I'm not too poignant about things like these. You know, this is a young child who hopefully has his whole life ahead of him, and, and he's fighting something very serious. So I do hope whatever medical bills they have recovered, and I hope that they. Um, I just hope this is the last one for them, and he makes a speedy recovery, healthy recovery, and Ray Borg can get back to being a badass pro fighter. Uh, that's it. And if you're a football fan, enjoy your football weekends. This is one of my favorite months of the year. I love September. I love October. I'm a, I'm a fall guy. So enjoy your fall. Enjoy the start of basketball next month. Enjoy the start of football. Enjoy playoff baseball's coming. Um, enjoy the weather because fuck this heat. And that's it. You know, just uh, keep listening. And thank you guys very much, by the way, for having me. I didn't have to be on the 100th episode. You guys invited me, and I appreciate that. Same way that I appreciate you guys, you know, you guys invited me on for the polling card, and since then, it's been nothing but good times. So, thank you very much. 
We will always drag you on. You know what? You Sometimes no it does now. feel like I'm being dragged. <laughs> yeah. When you got to answer questions about Brendan Job, Dick, you <laughs> you've been dragged. We can't go. We can't throw, Can't go through this alone. Is there anything else that happened that was of note? Um, rip Aretha Franklin. I guess is all I can add to that. Right. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. <clears throat> rip. I won't talk about the funeral though. I'm going to leave you alone with Rip because it's Aretha. Oh, come on. So if someone died that you didn't like, I I would have to hear about Rip again? (laughs) I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. I I thought you were about to talk about her six-hour funeral. Uh, You know what? I'm going to remember because, you know, that... Did you guys actually watch all of that? No. I did not. I saw some clips, though. I... Yeah, I saw like freaking half the audience falling asleep. Yeah, it it it's one of those things where I feel bad talking about it because like I don't want it to take away. No, from I think her. you can be honest about like there are but some like funerals that, like that. It was it was really weird. It really like when she first died, it was weird ever since because I feel like the first reaction when she died, it was like. For a split second, it was like, oh, we lost this great person, great singer. And then the next second, it was like, all right, who's performing at the funeral? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, I did see that, and I saw it, people upset about who was going to be like, come on, guys, it's a funeral. Yeah, like, it It seemed like it turned into, like, a... a spectacle? Like a show. Bet, say what, yeah, it, say what, you, say what just, you mean. It was so just... And I can't speak on every clip. Like, some of it I just heard about, and some clips I did, like, I, did, I saw the people falling asleep. And I can't even be mad at them, because they probably were there literally, like, half of the day. Like, that was a whole work shift. <laughs> and it just seemed, <laughs> it seemed so just like, and this is from my outside looking in, because like I said, I didn't watch all of it, I just heard of it. It just seemed like it was more of a spectacle. And, oh, it absolutely was. Like, it was more for the people there and not oh, for, for the sure. person. It was like honoring. a monument and it, to, it, it was a monument yeah, to the guest it, list. Dude, yeah, it like, was like you, it was almost just like it was distasteful a little bit. You see like, Bill Clinton I didn't... falling asleep for six hours, but only waking up because <laughs> Ariana Ariana Grande's on stage. The goat, right? <laughs> like, the goat. Uh, and then the the pastor who was copping feels creepy. I don't know if you guys I think saw I, that, I, that. It's weird. I think that was very inappropriate, but I also think it was kind of innocuous. I think that was just. Because Lord knows, like, you've oh, ever no. been around an old dude, like, at least me, I've been, they, like, they're very touchy with, like, the shoulders and, like, the rap. I don't know, man. He, he, he cut. Oh, no, no, no. Dude. I saw that for sure. Like, he, <laughs> he was getting a little But I'm saying, friendly, like, I don't, I don't but... think he meant anything by it. I thought it was just, just old people being, what is the Anacle's comment about old people? What do you like to say about them? They're old. No, you said something else. <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm, I'm pretty sure fuck old people was said a few times. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I think it was just an old person being old and weird. Uh, but no, rest in peace. What I thought was Franklin. interesting about the Aretha Franklin thing was that like people who never ever mentioned her suddenly like were like historical or historians like music historians all of a sudden. It's like oh yeah, man Aretha Franklin died. That sucks. And then you have people who never mentioned her before reading off like life facts about her. On Twitter, social media, it's like we get it. You you weak eater. It's great. Yeah. Anacle, you have got you gotta you gotta throw something out there. Oh, you can't, um, you can't just not. Um, yeah, shouts again to Vina Janaroba. 
G, you know, strawweight champion, 14 and 0, something like 11 submission wins on her resume, 10 or 11. Um, like, I, I expect her to be in the UFC before 2019. Um, sh- uh, not shouts, but like, uh, Elena Deladon. I, I, I know neither one of you uh, watched the WNBA. But did either one of you catch the clip of her knee hyperextending? No, no but I'm glad. Yeah, that. I would. Pro- yeah, yeah, no, but no, I, just, like I don't like it. limbs. Limbs moving does. Ugh. Yeah, no. Um, it was really bad. Like it looked for a second like the whole thing was about to just snap into. Luck, luckily, no ligament tear or nothing. It was a bone bruise. She didn't play in game two or th- was it three? It was three. Um, for the Mystics. On Friday, she's probably going to be playing today. So if she does, I hope she turns out okay. Because um, they're facing elimination. Um, Do you watch but, the WNBA for real? Yeah. I, this is my first season. You need to start doing some like reports on them. I, it's you, in the you, works. You it's in the tr- works. Is this, for the, is this for the hidden podcast? Um, this is... This is 2019. I'm uh, I'm, I'm going to follow the college season and have like a whole thing because I'm still learning the game. I'd, I'd read it. You're still learning the game of basketball. Uh, uh the WNBA. Oh, I would, it, it, it has its own little meta game. I, I would I would be interested in that. I would be intrigued in seeing it. Perhaps I got in at just the wrong time though because last year, the New York Liberty made the semi. Uh, what was it? The semifinals. This year they didn't even make the playoffs. Maybe so, you didn't. Maybe you didn't get. Maybe it's not that you got in at the at the wrong time. Maybe it's just you got in. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Hey, What's we're, up? We're, we're going to have the number two draft pick next year. That's all I can say. The only thing I know about the Liberty was when they were going to hire Isaiah Thomas at one point, and yeah. then it took like a world of people to be like, "You don't realize that's a bad idea." Yeah. Oh boy. Thank God that happened. Um, I was going to throw shots at the, the um the Eminem album, but I I really don't care anymore. So. What necessarily about it? Because I've heard I've heard some good things and some bad things. And somebody actually, I think it was the Fight Geek. He asked me about that album. The only reason I didn't answer the question because I'm I'm probably going to review it. So I'm going to save all of my thoughts for uh. He- you know that Simpsons, um, I guess it's, uh, it's a meme at this point, where it's just like, old man yells at clouds? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like. Yeah, that was like the first three, four track. Yeah. No, that, that, he's, that's, an old, he's an old dude now. He's not like a. Yeah, but like, he's an old dude who's pretending like it's still 2002. In, and in, it's really in, in, weird. In, in terms of what I'd like to hear this, I'm I'm interested in your review here. In, in terms of like theme and like where he is in the game and like uh, every like my my whole thing with Eminem is like everything since the Marshall Mathers LP has been like the way I am remixed. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Like, okay, you wrote a song about how like the critics don't like you, and like you're having tr- like everybody wants to be around you, and like you never got off that wave. Like you, a full-grown man, you you a forty-five-year-old man. You're dating like is he? Still, he's like dating Nicki Minaj. He's out here making like films and shit. 
like like documentaries on hip hop. And like you don't rap about any of that. You rap about like the nineteen-year-old who who does like mumble rap because because you don't like it. Like, like at least when Jake Cole did it, it was like from a place of concern. Like, y'all out here ODing on drugs and shit. Like, Eminem is just being a gatekeeper at this point. And it's just like obnoxious. I see. We gotta have one old man on. The I board. mean, look, it's, it's Samuel L. Jackson. That's what Joe Budden's for. Like. Uh, I like, have a have a hot take on that. Right, like, look at all, like, like look at all of Eminem's contemporaries and what they're doing and like what they're rapping about. Like, Jay, I I did not get why so many people were angry at Joe Budden, and I don't understand well, why. Because Eminem's fans like, have always been like. It was not even just fans. Like, did you see? Um, <laughs> so Joel Ortiz posted something, I guess, talking positive about Eminem's album, and Joe Budden liked it. And Joel Ortiz retweeted him and said, why are you uh, liking this tweet? <laughs> Joe Budden, being typical Joe Budden, said, I support your support. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, people look at Joe Budden like he's not allowed yeah, I to, don't like... Understand. Well, then again, I think it comes back to, like, we could talk about this in society measures. Like, you're not allowed to have... You're not allowed to have a counter-opinion, like, about everything. Right. Like, if you, right. if, you, if you go one way, you have to stay that way. And it's like, you can say one album sucks and then the next one's good if that's right. the case. And Joe Budden, yeah, the, like, the fucked up right. part is, that he, I don't even think he said the album sucks. I think he's like, the, the, the label released the wrong single first or something. No, no, he, he did trash it? He did trash. All right. No, he trashed I listened to his podcast. He, he trashed it. It's just like, but like whenever, it was, whenever it was honest, Budden, though. Like, Yeah, but like, whenever Joe Budden says anything about anything, it's like people get all, like, who is he to be commenting on? Like, who's gonna, like, who is Joe Budden? Like, come on now. He's... First off, Pump It Up was one of the best best songs of the summer of 2003. <laughs> I want your shit. But I think, like, I think people get caught up in, like, I get it. I think sometimes his delivery can sometimes be extra. But I think it's always coming from an honest I place. Mean, like, I've never, I've never listened to him, even if I disagree, and thought that, oh, he's just trying to, like, get attention. Like, I really think he believes what he's saying. Like, and that album was trash. I, I don't think that's a stretch like that album was terrible which and one this was the the last eminem album revival it was trash you want to know how we know it's trash because literally m went back and recorded an album in right secret that, that answered all of the criticism <laughs> from the first album right so it's like joe budden probably did every eminem fan a favor joe budden could say if, the sky <laughs> is blue and some people will have a problem with that yeah if Button didn't give him this criticism, we would never got this album. I guarantee. I'm just, you. Kamikaze. I'm just never saying happened. in general, like whenever he comments on something, people get all pissed off. Like the dude cannot have an opinion. It's weird. It's weird. Kind of like that. He he's also they view him as the old guy on the porch. Yeah, like but like of... he's that old heads who have experience. Like Joe Button's been doing this a long time. I'll take his opinion for. I don't have to believe everything he says, but I'll take his opinion for granted. Yeah. You also have like, to figure like most of the people who are. Who have an opinion about Joe Budden? I'm not even sure most of them know he makes music. Yeah, like they've never heard him before. Yeah, they, they, they don't know the Pump It Up just knows him from the podcast. Pump It Up, NBA Street. I'm pretty sure that's the game it was in. Right, like it was in games, movies. Oh, Joe games. wasn't Pump It Up in Def Jam Vendetta too. That that means he has double the opinion. Yeah. He has triple the opinion. <laughs> no, like it, but you need old dudes who kind of know what the game's about. Shit. But that, that that's yeah. not 
Not in hip hop. Oh, you, come you don't get that, not you don't anywhere. Get that, you don't get that luxury in hip hop unless you're like Dr. Dre or Jay Z, and even then you're limited. It's really weird. Yeah. We it just don't. We but just that, don't that like could different be opinions in life. That's it. Everybody needs to echo what we what we yeah. say. But that could be a whole nother discussion, and we've just been talking. That's for that. that's for Dojo After Dark. What is an after dark dojo, <laughs> by the way? And please don't sell a place to sell drugs. Alright. What is an after dark dojo? I would hope nobody's selling drugs in a dojo. That is really Steroids. Yeah. She <laughs> the dough, apparently the, the dude. You can't sell drugs Jackson. in the dojo. I think every time I hear the term dojo, I literally think of like old martial arts movies, like just the way they used to dress and like a guy with is like a dime bag. <laughs> Got like a dime bag underneath his sword, and he's like, "Yeah, don't don't, don't sell drugs in the dojo." See, like my, my thought process is like like the dojo from like um, oh god, what's that movie? Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure they were selling drugs in that dojo. I'm not gonna say. Anything. Oh man, owner <laughs> meds maybe. What is a oh, dojo god. after dark? Well, uh, uh, I don't know. One day we'll. It, it, uh, it's that know. podcast from like last month where we all recorded. There could be no. I was say, there could be no dojo after dark because we'll get tired and fall asleep. Oh, as well the UFC Calgary does that dojo after dark? No. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> a dojo make. after dark. Perfect. <laughs> wow, love it. Oh man, but um, yeah, that was uh, this is episode one hundred, man. So yeah, thanks for all the. Thank questions. you guys. Thanks for the questions. Um, thank you if you listen this far, because we are well over uh, three hours. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. So if you guys listen and you made it this far, appreciate it. But we literally did. We answered literally every question. So we appreciate you guys for, for sending those in. Say um, so as always, he's, he's not here. Say a prayer for him. Prayers up, as they say. Yeah. Yeah, pray prayers up for Stokes. Well, he's he got to be still around because he gave us the BJ Penn news, so he's been snooping around oh, somewhere. Man. He's he's out there. He's out there doing you know the California reporter work. He's he's out here. But um, yeah, thank you guys for the questions. Um, and of course, as always, you can listen to us on YouTube, SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, or iTunes. Please rate and subscribe and leave a review. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Hit us up on the Facebook page. Uh, you can just search Dojo Talk Podcast. Find me on Twitter at Serial Sensei. All that good stuff. But thank you guys for listening. It's been episode 100. It's been great. We'll be back uh, next week. Cause I believe there's another card next week. Oh yeah, just so, um, just a little yeah. pay per view. Yeah, just a little. Nothing, nothing crazy. No belts on no. the line. Well, they may not be. They may not be. <laughs> <laughs> they may not be. You know. Yeah, we'll we'll be back next week to cover that. That'll be a. I'm pretty sure that main event will be. That aftermath is going to be interesting, regardless of who wins. But um, yeah. As always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. Episode 100. Thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you guys later.